Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It's uh, John in here on a Monday. I hope you enjoyed your weekend because we certainly have a lot of ground to cover today. And I just wish sometimes, listen, I may not be most often the voice of reason, but in this case, I am. If everybody would just chill for a minute, I mean, really on both sides. And I mentioned this last week. I I have had circuses and soap operas. If you're watching via YouTube Live right now inside the lounge, I've had them up to here. I mean, really, I guess you could make the argument, well, you know what? If you didn't have those, then what would you really talk about exactly? But I still don't like them. Because there's no winning mixed in with it. I mean, all of last year was that. It was just all over the map. Some amusement park ride, some county fair ride where you know probably during or after you're going to barf all over the place. That's exactly where we are right now again. And why? Because we sit here right now and it's not like anything's different. It's not like anything changed. I mean, other than obviously the demeanor between the two sides here. And then going ahead and just acting out what should be kept private. Most times or whatever business you're talking about, you run to Twitter (laughs) and you start sparring back and forth. But no, we're in a spot that we knew that we were going to be in. All right. We know of the disposable nature of that position. If your name is not McCaffrey or Kamara, if you're not noted as coming out of the backfield on third down and making a play, like ETN said that in Jacksonville over the weekend, ask about the whole disposability of the running back position. And he said, you know what? You're just going to have to diversify. You're going to have to make yourself good at doing something else. I mean, no longer are we in the days of the bell cow. I loved the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye. He would be a dinosaur now. I loved watching John Riggins run back in the days in D.C., a dinosaur now. At least in this era. 
And Etienne was right. You've you got to diversify. But again, that doesn't take away the fact that you have all this stuff spinning out of control right now for absolutely no reason. We sit here and we know that, again, that running back position is disposable. We know how it has been treated. And it's not like some you know heavy-duty, stern-faced, pouty-looking, like, arms-crossed, upset, demeanor watching the running backs group participate today over the weekend it's not going to change that you know we know that Jim Mercer tweeting and really that was the first shot fired right there I mean it goes all the way back I mean that was the first shot fired if you want to count what took place prior to that and that was you know the understanding when asked from the representation of Jonathan Taylor to the Colts that, hey, we want to get something going right now. The Colts have no interest in getting something going right now. They want to watch him perform. And then when they talk about, you know, handing over some more money and paying their guys, that's what they planned on doing. But it did all start with Jim Irsay. That didn't have to happen. So it started with Jim. He said what he said, and we talked about that, and the representation of Jonathan Taylor fired back, and you know, Jonathan Taylor on the sideline. I mean, everybody, again, is is becoming body language experts, readers and experts. <laughs> Although he looked exactly like me when they took away Skinamax, I went, wait a minute, this is me on the sideline right here. No more Skinamax. Wait a minute, where's Shannon Tweed? This is how I look now. But it's all silly, and it's all incredible content, and my timeline is just absolutely rotten with anybody that has a podcast or a blog or whatever talking about this and talking about that and how it doesn't affect it, how it does affect it. It absolutely does affect it. It does. Jonathan Taylor's actions will affect the team will affect the growth of the offense. Jim Irsay starting the thing will affect the team and affect the growth and affect any sort of common ground that's ultimately, hopefully, going to be reached here. Most often, and I think it was Tony Katz that mentioned this to me a little bit earlier today, do they find common ground because, you know, often money will do that? Probably. I mean, if I'm Jonathan Taylor... You know, unless his representation has got some incredibly unique genius uh, hustle, like waiting in the wings for the Colts, which you really haven't seen him be able to do that so far, I I would doubt that anything's going to change other than if the dude doesn't play, the guy's not going to get paid, he's going to lose money, and why would you do that? So you tell me what's what weighs more, what what carries more weight? It's is it playing for now a team obviously where you're on the side of the building and you're not happy with? Can you at all men defense go out there and play to the best of your ability? You know, hopefully make yourself some money down the road, or do you sacrifice that to hold out to get fined, not play, cross your arms? To me. You got to get paid if you're the player. Saquon Barkley told you all you needed to know. Saquon Barkley was going to talk a lot about that until it came time and his epiphany occurred to him. And that epiphany was, holy crap, I better make this money right now because I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to make this money. 
But again, this is all silly. It's all completely needless. And this has been the basis of this Colts team, this organization, for how long now? Just a lot of needless stuff. A lot of silliness. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know it all because I know it is a lot more difficult than I'm making it sound here. But you always hear when things are going right. Like when things are going right. Remember that quote from from Brad Stevens when things were going right at Butler for Brad. Everybody's got to be pushing in the right direction. Everybody. Now, granted, you don't bring that quote out if things are going haywire. But when they're not and you're winning and you view that, I mean, there are different ways you can look at winning and whatever you're doing to win at that moment, you should keep doing because you want to win at that moment. And that's doing it right. And we may not know ultimately what is going to have such a profound effect to push this team into, you know, being competitive, winning some games, evolving into a team that you can be proud of again and not just an annual circus. Everybody says you go too far back all the time. I mean, everybody views the golden era and they should have won more than just one. And you glamorize that way too much. No, 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 no. I glamorized that because it's special. Didn't have a lot of this. Had a lot of this at the end with Manning. But when things were going right, things were going right. Rarely heard from Jim. Now, again, this is different. And this is just my opinion on this. The reason why it's different is one is the obvious. And that is because it is much easier to be heard now in a variety of ways globally than it was back in 2005. So technology has taken us there. And I don't have a problem with this whatsoever. But obviously, Jim, Jim wants to be a lead dog in terms of ownership in the NFL, he wants to have that that lead voice. You know, sometimes people kind of say, well, you know, he's defending the shield or whatever. I mean, he does deeply love the NFL and he will defend it and he wants to be a lead voice. This is my opinion. But again, sometimes as a leader, some things are better left unsaid. You can do all this behind the scenes and not have the repercussions in which you're dealing with right now. Because nobody wants it. I guarantee you, if you got private moments with any of those guys out there, especially uh, the more veteran guys, if you got a private moment off the record, they would all tell you, yeah, we don't want to have to jack with this. Want to know Why? I'll give you a great example. So this morning, uh, Jake and Kevin had Isaiah McKenzie on, right? Great kid. Coming in, slot receiver, Buffalo, free agent. Had him on back in May. Good conversation. You can imagine the last thing he wanted to be asked, and those guys did the right thing. you got to ask him. you got to ask him if this is having an effect on him or on the locker room, if, if this is a distraction. And, of course, he says the right thing by, I am, you know, single-mind focus here. I'm not worried about that. I just worry about me. But you know what? You can tell it's a distraction. You can tell it has an effect by the fact that those questions are asked on a daily basis to all of Jonathan Taylor's teammates and to all of Jim Ursay's team members. Every day, 
These guys are going to go out there, they're going to do their job, and they're going to ask, especially in the case of this escalation. Not a lot going on right now. You get some injuries, some unfortunate circumstances, one being Zach Moss. You can just figure the guy that was going to be running back, back up to Jonathan Taylor goes out there and uh, breaks his arm today. So he's going to be, what, out at least six weeks? But that that's the effect. It, it doesn't matter. They can say all they want because they're doing the right thing. But just being asked that, because you have to be asked that daily, that's distracting. That is a pain in the ass. There is enough pain in the ass going on around here. You don't need it that way. So how do you sidestep it? Just don't start it. Just don't start it. It's kind of funny. In the world of social media, I think about this all the time. A lot of people have asked me, you know, why aren't you more active? You know, why aren't you? Because why do I fire off at just random people to want to get into an argument? Because uh, to me, that's counterproductive of what I do and who I am. And in fact, for me, it's a pain in the ass. I mean, oftentimes, if somebody sends something to me, I'll fire back. That'll probably happen during the rest of these three hours here. And sometimes I'll type something out, I'll read it, and I go, all right, so I, do I really want to deal with this? Do I really want to deal with having to explain myself? You know, I got a sentence here. And the sentence makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. Right? It makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. But then... I don't know how anybody else out there is going to take it. They may interpret this sentence much differently than I. Thus, I'll have to go out and re-explain, and there disappears the effectiveness of what you're trying to say when you have to explain it over and over again. So again, if you're Jim Irsay, if you can double back and change things, just don't tweet at the beginning. Just don't do it. Is he right? Sure, he's right. But we all know that he's right. We all wish at some point there was going to be some common ground that he and the running back, because I frankly, I like having Jonathan Taylor as a part of this team. I don't view Jonathan Taylor as this overwhelming drag, as some of you do, in his offensive position. And I have thought all along that given the fact you have the growth of a rookie quarterback with just an incredible amount of inexperience, that his presence would be and help the effectiveness and the growth of Anthony Richardson. I think it's important. This is not just a throwaway role here. You know, when people bring up, well, this is what Kansas City did with their running back. Well, who the hell cares? I'm sorry. I didn't see this. Where's, uh, let me look at the roster. Where's Patrick Mahomes on the Colts roster right now? Is he there? Well, this is what Philly did last year. I know they had one guy that rushed for over 1,200 yards. That's important. And I'm assuming they're going to have an offense that is incredibly similar to the one that the Colts are going to run this year just with a scaled-down playbook. So why wouldn't all that make sense? Again, this is all stuff that we know. This is all stuff that we understand. But now you got this pissing match. You go back and forth. You know, you got the starter with Jim and the counter with the dude that represents Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) And then everybody goes digging on that dude's tweet history. 
or in this case, now X history. Start digging. Hey, look what he said back in 2012. Look what he said here. And then everybody starts firing at Jonathan Taylor. Why are you going to re- let this guy represent you? And you can see the path that Jonathan Taylor has taken here. I mean, early on, it was, hey, you know what? It's about the team. I signed this. And I want I want to work myself to the point to where um, it is proven that they should pay me. It's I want to spend the rest of my career here. You can see the approach in the early stages. That's how that started out. And then once he hired, um, he hired, I think that's the direction. He hired him in May, and I think that quote was in June, and that was the soft touch approach. And apparently uh, this, after the conversations they had with no dice at the very early stages or maybe even before camp, before the RV experience on Saturday night, you know, before Ian Rappaport got in there with the Jonathan Taylor has, you know, officially, formally announced that he wants to be traded. That all happened earlier in the week. So what you saw, you saw countermeasures coming from the representation of Jonathan Taylor. And those countermeasures went over like a lead balloon. Then, because of that, then last night, you get both Mike Chappell and Stephen Holder, and this is just me assuming, and I think it's a pretty damn solid assumption that uh, the Colts, somebody with the Colts said, all right, here's what we can do with a sore back. Guy came in with a sore back. You know, according to sources, they have traced that sore back back to a non-football-related situation in Arizona. All right, there's the Colts counter of a counter of a beginning. And then Jonathan Taylor counters. It's just so silly. Stop it. Thought somebody may take my advice last week. Just recognize right now that you guys do need one another right now for the good of the team. I'm not going to win a lot of games. I would expect them to be competitive in a lot of games. And you're not going to be competitive with this group offensively. I mean, hell, you don't even know how it's going to transpire. Last time we saw this offensive line, it looked like the end of the Benny Hill show. You guys are running in 19 different directions, not blocking anybody. Matt Ryan Ryan was jogging for his life. Wait a minute. There he is jogging for his life. You don't know how any of this is going to work out. But having somebody that you can trust back there. That has, you know, given one of the better seasons we have witnessed, not just here, but certainly, you know, anywhere from a running back would have something to be able to help and help right now guide a rookie quarterback through what is going to be some tough times. And maybe provide a little bit of juice, a little bit of excitement for you along the way, especially if there's no winning going on. I was talking to Rick Venturi on Friday before I was at the Rook, and he said, you know what, you say something that that really has struck me um, with regard to the Colts this year, and you say it in terms of what the Pacers did a year ago. And what that is is that is you're soft on the prediction, and then you over-deliver on that. You dial down the expectations – Say, hey, you know, this is a work in progress. And then you over-deliver on that. When's the last time you felt this team, this organization's over-delivered on anything? 
the only thing that they have over delivered on for the most part over the past six years has been just a an ass load of nothing but drama. I really, I sit here right now. I sit here before you via YouTube Live, the radio, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, 93.5, uh, Again, lounge via YouTube Live, HD radio, stream the app. Um, I am at a point right now with this, and not just this particular storyline, but just the past two years, or in this case, I guess it's a year and a year and uh, four training camp dates. I'm as tired of this right now as I was of the whole luck stuff. And there was a point in time when we all just kind of reached DEFCON 1 and went, all right, what the hell? I mean, while it was ridiculous what happened and this organization certainly got flushed down the toilet at that moment when Andrew Luck quit, and they're still trying to swim out of that like the tidy bowl man. But I was sick of it then. I was sick of it. I mean, it was every single day. You had to be a doctor. You had to be a lawyer. You had to be somebody that knew on the map where the guy was in Belgium during the season. Had to try to get inside somebody's mind. What is he thinking? I know he likes soccer, and I know he likes architecture. Where's football rank on that list? I mean, all this crap that I just got sick and tired of, and that's exactly where I am right now. And I can gather by what you're telling me that's exactly where you are right now, and I don't blame you. This has all been incredibly needless. So since it's all out there now, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. What I would do is I would make sure that any more of these these whole tactical countermeasures, and I don't know what you can do about Taylor's representation here, um, but, but clearly that part hadn't worked. So I can't imagine what he still has loaded up and ready to rock here. But everybody's got to realize that nothing has changed since this whole thing got underway. If you're Jonathan Taylor, what you got to realize is, you know, unless this guy is going to throw you some money like he did that dude in the stands on Saturday night to get about two grand or whatever, then you're likely going to have to play to get paid. That's going to be the case. You know, I'm not in their situation, and they make so much money. I mean, regardless of what we're arguing about right now, it's tough for me to put myself in that situation. But I, I think about it for a moment, and I think from a Jonathan Taylor standpoint, if I were able to at, at one time get around this and say, all right, well, i got to make some money here, and i, I got to really make myself useful, and nothing is going to be worth more weight you know, then getting that extension and getting paid, or in this case, this this season getting paid. But one thing, at least to me, that would be so feel good that at some point it might even feel better than the money you're getting paid is a big fat I told you so. You don't get anything monetarily of value with that, but that can make you feel better. Because I'm assuming he stands on the sideline right there, and this saw, I mean, he knows everybody's looking at him. We'll talk to James Boyd, you know, a little bit later on from The Athletic. He knows James has got a camera on him, and everybody is, I'm, I'm assuming that that look, by the way, was probably, well, this is what you want to look like, look very stoic. 
I'm assuming you got coached up a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. But to be able to turn that upside down and give this organization and those that doubt you in this world of the disposable running back a big, fat, I told you so, would be worth not as much as a new contract, but it would feel good at some stages like some cash might. Anybody else ever been in that situation? A little bit of I told you so. I know we're supposed to be above that. Take the high road. The hell with the high road. Who's taking the high road in this? Nobody. Now you have the opportunity. I don't know. It seems like that everything is so spiraled out of control. It puts you to the point where you're just guessing that nothing is ever going to be right. And again, I don't blame you. But you're still, what, four practices in? Didn't go with pads today. I thought they were going to go with pads. No pads today. You're still, you know, barely a handful of practices in. Now, figure something out. Try to move forward as best you can. I'm not going to tell anybody to be professional. I think that just kind of comes with the territory. But the problem is nobody has acted professional since the beginning of camp. So that would be my advice. And I'm sure, again, we could have listened to it already and felt like it was in a better situation but nobody has and understand that right now and maybe this comes down to Shane Steichen I mean I don't know if you're going to get an adequate answer in his four word replies but wouldn't you like to know I mean does he have a significant plan does he feel that you know Zach Moss and his broken arm and some dude named Hall uh and and you know Jackson or whomever, these guys are adequate enough to fill that gap for Jonathan Taylor. I'm I'm glad that he feels that way. Does anybody else out there feel that way? Because I don't. Anybody else? Anybody else think those guys can help out the young quarterback, which is 1A in importance on this team moving forward? Now, you have been sold of the grow or the regrowth in this case. You have been sold on that, but they're going to have to show you signs. I don't know if they show you signs with that particular group in the backfield because remember, you also have question marks regarding Major, the offensive line. You have question marks still with the weapons of the wide receiving core, and you have question marks with the tight end. You got question marks everywhere. We have seen a guy in Taylor that has been an absolute. Now, last year, he was far from it. Year prior, nothing but. I still bet on that. I don't know if you can get what you want to get done with the rest of this supporting cast here. In fact, I would doubt it. And that's one thing you're going to have to do to keep everybody interested around here. I mean, you're going to have to show them. You're going to have to give them some oh-wow moments. I talk about oh-wows all the time. Some oh-wow moments are going to have to occur. Especially if there are heavy losses. But again, stop this madness because this is just silly, and it's silly from both sides. Now, this is not riding the middle or riding the fence. This is telling you the absolute truth. And here's what everybody's going to bring up, too. And this is in terms of what what Jim should do and he should position himself in the world of social media. It is way, way too easy, especially for dopes like me to look back and go, well, wait a minute, you know, three years ago, 
three years ago, you, in fact, urged Chris Ballard, your general manager, to trade up to draft Jonathan Taylor. So for all that, all that, this is what you're going to get three years, and then you're going to get you're going to punt him. That's it. And what that does, that magnifies exactly how wrong this construction, this blueprint has been. That's all that it takes to look back on that if you want. Now, if it were me, because it is necessary, I would try to find some useful ways to not look that silly going back three years. I mean, we can bring up left guard and you can bring up linebacker extensions. I mean, hell, even Naheem got extended. Bring that up all day. But what this does and the way that this is going right now, it just magnifies. And then people are going to say, well, wait a minute. Well, then why are you seven? Why? That's easy to look up. Why a year seven? I mean, who else, who in the world would have got a year seven here that wasn't related to somebody? That's my advice. My advice on a Monday. All right, 239-1070. Email the address at jmv1075thefan.com. Jake's going to join me coming up at the top of the hour. We'll talk about that. I know he and Kevin, he and Kevin are out there this morning. Yeah, I'm sure Isaiah McKenzie. Hey, great. I'm out here at 7.05. Yeah, go ahead and fire away with the Jonathan Taylor questions. All right. And it's not their fault. They had to do that. And so does everybody else that's out there. So you tell me whether or not all of Jonathan Taylor's teammates want to have to deal with that crap because they don't. They don't. Jake, top of the hour. James Boyd will join us at the Athletic coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We got stuff to give away today? Holy crap. Talk to me, James. We tell have me what it is. Yacht Rock Review tickets. Holy gee. What? Yacht Rock Review? Yes, sir. You son of a gun, you. Yacht Rock Review, I believe, is a week from Saturday at TCU Amphitheater. Yeah, there's a night of celebration of smooth right there. That's what I need to do. I just need to run out to practice and play some Yacht Rock and just chill everybody out. I feel like Samuel L. Jackson giving that pep talk at Pulp Fiction inside that diner over breakfast. (laughs) Yacht Rock Review tickets to give away. There's the show. I've got room for calls all day long, in fact, per usual. We'll get your thoughts on that. Reds got a big early week in Chicago. Shout out to the Reds, by the way, too. Two of three in Chavez Ravine over the Dodgers this weekend. And if you watch Saturday, if not for stinking Max Muncy and his buck 97 batting average and 27 home runs, he hit two in that game. Uh, Luke Weaver actually looked good unless he was pitching to Max Muncy. That could have been very easily a sweep. So, I know it's going to be tough tonight. I got Tucker Barnhart, my good friend, and I got my team, the Reds. It's going to be a tough couple of days. We got a four-game set working there. Reds, first place in El Central, half game. Shout out to the Braves for that sweep of the Brewers. Hey, listen, if the Reds can't beat them, at least somebody else can. Quick break and we shall return. There's your phone calls. We'll get you set up right there. You got stuff to win inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'm waving at you right now. The stream, the app, HD radio, and a huge announcement. It is back on. 
as they used to say, it is on like Donkey Kong. Somebody's backyard we cometh. Later on this week, I'll explain coming up next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson, full steam ahead, over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson, I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I'll be completely honest with you. There are many things, most things, in fact, that I am overwhelmingly willing to debate. This subject is not one of them because I'm 100% accurate on it. 100% accurate. Just stop the madness here. I mean, understand and and then just keep things. Listen, I would love to be breaking stories here and breaking stories there. That'd be great. Actually, I take that back. The one time I did with the Manning neck thing, it was such a tremendous pain in the ass. I said, you know what? I don't even want to do this again. And then people go, well, wait a minute. That's your job. No, no, it's not really my job. I just kind of stumbled, bumbled, and fumbled into it. <laughs> there it is. And it was such a pain because they had countermeasures for that, too. Now, they countered with the national people. That was back with Bill Poland, countered with the national people. Hey, you know what? That, that numb nuts in the afternoon in Indianapolis has no idea what he was talking about, you know, whatever. And it turned out to be accurate, but I did tell myself at that time that I never really wanted to do that again. I didn't care to do it again. I guess it would be fun. It'd be fun if you had, you know, every agent's ear and you could get all this information, but it does have to be a drag. But I, I don't care what anybody says here. I mean, we we all know there's no there's no breaking of ground here. And we all know the situation. So all this back and forth, like a couple of junior hires, this entire weekend is it's needless. It's needless. I think everybody would understand if the Colts, for example, after this year, you know, either you know decided to go ahead and and franchise tag or move on. And again, I will say this: well, and look at the rebuild. Look at the Chris Ballard bill. That didn't go over very well. You like down at CG, they've had to rebuild the natatorium stairway about 19 different times. That's kind of what it's like. Well, wait a minute. We just built it. Now we'll tear it back down. Ah, we'll rebuild it. Let's tear it back down. If that's what the new coach wants, then so be it. But I would question, I would question again, considering last year, everybody talks about the running back by committee. Fantastic. Did you see, uh, anybody else see who they had on the outside and the inside? Catching passes along with the threat at quarterback in Jalen Hurts last year. Miles Sanders rushed for over 1,200 yards. So you just deemed that unnecessary? Yeah, you know, it didn't really matter. They were just there. He ran for it. But again, even if you wanted to argue, which sounds stupid if you did that, even if you did want to argue that it still stands as an absolute that this is a different situation than anything else. 
And that's what people fail to see. And I don't know why. I guess I do know why, because it comes down to money here. But the common ground that these two sides need is, A, to stop talking publicly over social media outlets. That's what they need to do. And listen, it's different, too. Like, I, I was on Jim for this. Jim's going to be outspoken, and I've said this all along, and some of you disagree. I, I think Jim wants to, again, be the lead as an owner in the NFL. And I have zero problem with that. But here's what I want. If you want to be outspoken about how Daniel Snyder needs to be punted as an owner out of the NFL, I'll follow it. I understand it. I get it. Be outspoken as hell. But you don't start fires within your own organization and social media. That's where you back away from being outspoken as an NFL owner. What's Crash Davis say in Bull Durham? Don't let them get in your kitchen. I mean, basically, you're letting the entire NFL universe in your kitchen here. And you don't want that. Yeah, be outspoken and be a leader. For goodness sake of the NFL, do it. But when it comes to your own team, don't let anybody in your kitchen. And they have. Jay Query, top of the hour. And uh, James Boyd of the Athletic coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Stuff to give away, an announcement coming up too. Uh, Mike's going to lead today at 239-1070. Hello, Mike. There's a lot of pressure on you. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, brother. Go ahead. You are singing to the choir. Am I singing to the choir or am I preaching to it? Am I singing with it? Am I like Barney? You know, like, am I like Barney Fife in the choir on Andy sing Griffith? With, sing with it, preach to it. I want freaking Chris Ballard to say JMV said like he did when freaking Kevin talked about getting he a should. He should, he says, but I'm I'm quite sure he's not listening to this. So yes. Uh, oh, I don't know. Anyway, here's what I think. I agree with you. I think Ursay got emboldened. When he came out against Dan Snyder and everyone said, oh, look at this owner. Thank you for helping us get rid of this bad guy. So now he thinks, hey, I'm the voice of reason as an owner. But to me, you don't do that when you're talking about running backs and you have a running back that's got a contract in you. If we had no running backs with contract issues and just, hey, I'm speaking on behalf of all the owners, the collective bargaining agreement, this and that. But when you've got an issue, and to me now that you've made this mess, You have to fix it and fix it quickly. I know Jonathan Taylor did not have that good a year last year. No one did. But who's been a brighter, shining spot for the Colts the last two years than him? I mean, sign him. Give him a little bit of a bump. Make the third year optionable. But this is – Well, you know what, Mike? They don't have to do that. I mean, I mean, he's he's on this. I'm talking about this contractual year. He's on the hook for that. He just got to get out there and play. He's got to get out there and play. I don't know what other choice he's going to have. I mean, either that or you don't get paid at all. He doesn't. But what's all this mantra? The Colts take care of their own, and they take care of their own before the contract is up. I mean, I agree with you. Is he stuck? Does he have any bargaining position? And and I will tell you this, Mike. They they tell me over there that they're more than willing to pay him. But with him coming off of last year and his position, they – they want to see the goods this year. You know what I mean? Okay. That, that's that's what they tell me. They want to see the goods. 
So, and and you know what? And that's at the end of your contract. Like that's just if you're Jonathan Taylor, that's the situation that you're in right now. But what what I'm saying, and Mike, thank you for the call. You call anytime. Everybody knows this. So this whole bickering back and forth is completely unnecessary. It's funny. Fans are much more privy to the inner workings of the NFL now than they ever have been. And I would have to suggest 85% plus of the fan base around here knew exactly the situation with Jonathan Taylor. Knew what could happen. You know, all you did was just kind of stir it up. And, and in the process, what you did is you allowed people to take sides. Like if you're Jim and you don't say anything and then you get Jonathan Taylor's agent firing off stuff, then the agent and Taylor will be vilified and you're out of it. But now now you have said that you started that and then Jonathan Taylor now was in it and his agent is in it. And now you've got a sparring match and you're you're having the fan base here take sides, which is not good. Not good. C. Fitz writes this, it's not like the Colts lost Walter Payton Jr. Deion Jackson is better and he's about to show it. Here's the problem with that, C. Fitch. I like Deion Jackson a great deal, but you don't know that. There's no history of that. I was talking about something we have seen before, something we have seen with proof at an incredibly high level. And again... You want to see these guys win, but the most important aspect is to bring along what you finally hope is a quarterback for the long-term future. You haven't seen that from Deion Jackson. Maybe he does have it in him. You better hope so. But we have seen that. We have seen that from Taylor. And he's still contractually obligated to play that role. Again, deeming all of this completely unnecessary. So I, you know, as far as Deion Jackson or you know whomever you're talking about here, I mean, now you get Zach Moss that's out. You know, how how much further down the depth chart are we going to go here before it does become necessary? I'm going to tell you what, and a lot of you guys were ass kissers in terms of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, hell, you guys still have your run the damn ball hats in your closet somewhere. That's all I heard two years ago. Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. Frank Reich sucks. Frank Reich sucks. He can't call plays. Run the damn ball. Where are your hats? It's, it's important. This is introductory for a 13-game player collegiately at quarterback to where you hope that the sky's the limit. Give him somebody that has done something long-term. That hopefully can help him out. Hey, it may go haywire. I'll tell you what, C. Finch, it may not work out at all. Let's just say, for example, let's just say that Jonathan Taylor comes back. They reach common ground. There's an olive branch, and everything is great. He comes out, gets injured. He comes out as ineffective, can't run behind this offensive line. There could be a myriad of issues. All I'm saying is I would go on something that I've actually seen before. In this case, you've seen this. Johnny O writes this, you know it's going to be a good day when JMV busts out a Benny Hill reference in the opening segment. I'm telling you what, I love Benny Hill. Like, he always got kind of, and I was always a kid. I had three channels then, and I was in search of some nudity. 
we all in search of nudity, right? But I was, I was a kid, and, and Benny Hill would always kind of give you that like really mid-70s, early-70s kind of very close to nudity stuff. But now th- this whole weekend has been literally like the end of a Benny Hill show where they're all running in fast motion and they're all going out of control and he's slapping bald guys on the head like that and the yakety sax is playing. That's what this has been like. And again, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. You know, at the very least, even if you're a non-believer in Jonathan Taylor, I'm not talking about you as the fan or the listener. I'm talking about you as the Colts. Or maybe it's Shane Steichen. Maybe Shane Steichen's the guy that doesn't like him. And maybe this is a passive, I don't know if I'd call it passive-aggressive. Maybe this is a passive-aggressive way. Well, the coach doesn't like him, but the coach doesn't want to come out and say he doesn't like him. Yeah, The quote earlier today was, "He's right now he's on this team. <laughs> right now he's on this team. Quick break, and we'll come back. Query's going to join me coming up at the top of the hour. In the 5 o'clock hour, James Boyd is going to drop by. Uh, deviated septum. I need to have something done with my nose, too. I, I think I need to have done what Anthony Richardson had done. I'm assuming that's what that is. Septum surgery? Don't they call it a deviated septum? I think I have that. Back when I had zero insurance, which for a lot of years in my 20s, um, face planted on a windshield, uh, in a field, in a creek bed, in an 81 Honda Civic, and then on a, <laughs> then on a tractor turned around only to nearly be decapitated by a tree limb in my face. So I, th- I need a little bit of that Anthony Richardson nose work going on, I think as well. Quick break. We'll come back. Query top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Wow. I don't know what to say. I guess, wow. I guess the only thing I can say I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling and making better films. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It's what it felt like all weekend long for me. <laughs> this is what the owner said. This is what the agent said. This is what the owner said. This is what the player said. All stuff that you could go ahead and keep right there on the inside if you want to. And again, I have no problem whatsoever if Jim wants to be a leader among NFL owners. Do it. I mean, some dudes want to, like uh, Steve Biscotti, I think, of the Ravens. uh, He lets that uh, nut job that's their general manager handle everything. What's his name? Red-ass DaCosta. Yelled at Hagen in the hot dog line. Confusing Hagen with me. See, I should be more mad at that than ever. It was the quote was the guy that said it in the press box was the guy with the bald spots. I mean, really, that's what forced me, and I'm glad that I did. We grow Shout out to Eric DaCosta. <laughs> the guy with the bald spot. So true. Um, shout out to Q317. Saw him a couple of different times at the end of last week. 
And uh, hopefully we'll see him uh, later on, too. I got an announcement I got to make, too, because Backyard Bourbon broadcasts are back. JMV, it sucks for Jonathan, but let's not overlook the fact that 4.3 mil is one hell of a lot of money. He'll very well deserve. Well, I'm not suggesting that. I don't know what other alternative he has. You know, unless you're like Rodney Dangerfield and, you know, hit yourself in the arm with a golf ball in my arm. It's broken, you know, and wiggle it around and not play and get away with it that way. I don't know how else you're going to do it. So he's in a position where to get paid, he needs to play. And the Colts are in a position where you're going to have to lean on somebody that has produced at the highest of levels before. What 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 the hell's so hard in this math right here? Why is this so foobar? Everybody knows it. You knew it at the beginning. You knew it last week. You knew it at the start of the weekend. You know it right now. So why the foobar? Query other side. Got Yacht Rock review tickets to give away. And our first Backyard Bourbon broadcast is coming up on Friday, 107.5thefan.com. Sign up today. We bring everything. We bring the drinking. We bring the food and uh, all the beverages. Everything. Drinking, food, and beverages. Friday we go 107.5thefan.com. Sign up today. And by the way, the end of summer bash is going to be open for everybody. Going to love it, too. Quick break. Hour two. Query and the latest regarding Colts camp and more next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Down the bullish sprint. And 935 and 107.5 the fan. I one of the books right there. James Boyd, five o'clock hour, yacht rock review tickets coming up at some point to JMV. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're probably the only sports personality on earth that has referenced Shannon Tweed when discussing the Jonathan Taylor situation. I'm very proud of that. Thank you very much. I'll wear that badge with honor. Appreciate you. JMV, I'm not upset with Ursay. Not even a fan of his. Weird seeing the media acting upset over information sharing. Fans don't care at all. Well, I don't know who you're hanging out with, Brian, as far as fans, but I, I feel as if, and I wouldn't like state this claim if this wasn't the type of response I get. I'm sorry, but my gauge may just be a little bit higher, a little bit more active than yours on this. And from what I gather from my gauge is that fans are sick and tired of all this silliness. Had it all last year, or at least from October on from last year. And most of the time, if it's not losing... It's stuff like this. And it seems to me that people are tired of it. Now, again, I don't know. I don't hang with who you hang with fan-wise, but don't dispute how accurate my gauge on this can be. JT would be great for Anthony Richardson's development, but not necessary. 
Yeah, it sounds like the same damn thing. If you're saying that Jonathan Taylor would be great for Richardson's development, and you're not allowed to say, but not necessary. I mean, why would that not be necessary? Why would you not want that? Why would you suggest great for his development? But, you know, it'd be great if I won the lottery, but it's not necessary. That doesn't make sense. At least to me. And again, maybe that was lost in translation, which sometimes, as I told you about an hour number one, can happen via social media and yet another reason if you want to be shouting out and listen i'm not mad at jim ursay i just think all of this could have been bypassed at the very least right now here's what you would have right now let's just say for example if jim didn't fire off that initial tweet what you would have right now is everybody saying jonathan taylor's a disgruntled running back but instead you have now found a way for people to be critical of not just Jonathan Taylor and his representation, but also of the Colts and Jim Irsay. Now you're having your fan base pick and choose who they're going to side with. You don't want that. And again, this has nothing to do, if, if I were not even in the media, if I didn't have a show, I would say the same damn thing. Just unnecessary stuff. Again, James Boyd's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Yacht Rock Review tickets also coming up in the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast is back. We're going out on Friday. Sign up, 1075thefan.com. We're going to pass out in somebody's bat. Well, no, we're not. I'm, no, I'm not either. Let me take back that quote. Can I take it back or is it already out there floating around like a comic book? Andy Moore Automotive Group, Pyline. <laughs> From the morning show, Kevin and Query, Jake Query joins us. You know, it's kind of funny. People say all the time, yeah, this has no effect on the team. This has no effect on this, no effect on that. And then I'm listening to you guys this morning, and about 7.05, you have Isaiah McKenzie. And I will flat guarantee you this. If you were to ask him when the mics were off, off the air, how much he wanted you guys to have to ask him the question regarding Jonathan Taylor and the effect that that situation is having right now, he would say, I do not want you to ask that. I don't want to mess with it. He said the right things. You had to ask. But that is the type of effect that a situation, especially as needless as this one is, has on a team like this. In addition to that, John, while I appreciated having him on and I thought he was uh, a good interview and a nice guy, it wasn't lost on me. I don't know this, and I'm appreciative of it, so I don't want to make it look like I'm looking at a gift horse in the mouth. But do you think also he was curious why they wanted him to do an interview at 7.01 (laughs) a.m.? Wait a minute. So was that that trying to, to, to cushion things? When you guys started the show, is that where you're suggesting? I mean, listen, the Colts PR staff is really good at what they do, and they're good guys, and I I respect their work. But they have to know that coming off the weekend, everyone, the first topic and the second topic and the third topic are going to be this this mess with Jonathan Taylor. And so what better way to soften the entry coming off the weekend into the media coverage of the the week than – to make sure that you're easing into it a little bit. It's a smart well, move, and yeah, I get it. Um, could I could I ask look. you this, though? And, and again, I'm not privy to it. Maybe you're not either because Kev 
Uh, maybe he set that up, but I would assume that Matt Conte would have been open to say, hey, can we do this maybe after the first segment so we can get into this weekend? Because it was certainly of major content. Yeah, I, I actually don't know. I'm not privy to that either. Like I, yeah. I, I, I was just, I was just kind of curious if you guys could have, you know, you know if you wanted to, because I would agree with you too. We have the same stuff going here all the time. I, it's funny. I was supposed to talk to Phil Steele today, right? But I, I, as much as I love Phil Steele and talking college football, this wasn't a day to break out Phil Steele in college football. You know what I mean? So, oh, and yeah. I, and I, I completely get what you're talking about. There are just some things you know the people, and especially with your time slot. I mean that, that people are going to jump on, you know, want to jump on immediately. But I would have to think that maybe if you could have adjusted that that time to maybe you know seven twenty five or something, Matt. Matt's always been pretty accommodating. No, I, I would agree. He's very accommodating for sure. Um, so I don't know. But that that may be a tactic. I'm not going to tell you that's that's inaccurate. So yes. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know it definitively, but I have to. I mean, it's smart on their behalf if that was the case. I'm not hating them for it, right? I mean, it, it, and we still have plenty of time to get to Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, look, the reality is this, John. Uh, I'm going to have your back on this. I, I think people that think that there's not some fan resentment here uh, aren't necessarily feeling the right breeze of the actuality as i said earlier i think that jonathan taylor aired e-r-r-e-d and the way that he has gone about this or his representatives have and jim ursay aired e-r-r-e-d by the way that he aired it publicly a-i-r-e-d so I don't think people have a problem with Ursay. I, I think in the reality, people think Jonathan Taylor needs to get on the football field. And I think most people realize Jonathan Taylor is taking a unique stand here considering that he really doesn't have it. I mean, what? where is he going to go? You know, who's going to trade for Jonathan Taylor? If you are in need of a running back, there are two good ones out there that you can have without giving up any assets to get them. So in that regard – Taylor's making a huge blunder here. And I think that people realize that and and side with Ursay in that regard. But I think in the same breath, those people are like, however, I'm tired of the drama. Keep it in-house. Like this is a this is a franchise that preaches all the time that like we we keep things in-house and we have each other's backs and you know we have camaraderie and character and you know that's that's you know, we like to keep things within the horseshoe. But yet this entire thing has reverberated now around the National Football League because it's two sides using big megaphones to talk about the other one instead of doing exactly what they claim, which is airing it out privately and keeping it in-house. That I think I think that area is where people are just exhausted. Yeah. Um, what do you think this has turned Jonathan Taylor into? in terms of the fans right now. And, and just what I mentioned a little bit earlier regarding Jim, if if he just doesn't put out that initial tweet, we probably still get to this situation. But then, you know, you get vilified if you're Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor's a rep for this right now. And, you know, basically the Colts and Jim Mercy, I would think, would be left out of it. And now you kind of thrust yourself in the middle of the situation because of that initial tweet. John, I, I said this this morning. And this is what I think people feel about Jonathan Taylor. I think all of us at some point in our lives, whether like in the workplace or maybe in school, classroom, little league, whatever it might be, all of us have had situations where we felt like everybody else got their due and we got snubbed. 
And I think that's where Taylor is right now. And he's not totally wrong there. You know, Dak Leonard got an extension when there were health questions. Quentin Nelson got an extension when there were health questions. Naeem Hines got an extension before he was due for one. So if you're Jonathan Taylor, you're going, well, where's my due? So I get that, right? But at the same time, I think people with Jonathan Taylor could actually feel sorry for the guy because he's seemingly an intelligent guy. I shouldn't say seemingly like, like he's, you know, I mean, I don't know him. But by all accounts, he's an intelligent guy. He's been a nice guy and a good teammate and a pretty quiet guy. He clearly is getting the wrong person in his ear. It's a lot like Oladipo. Oladipo started listening to the wrong people, and and you saw what happened. So before people become angry at Jonathan Taylor, I think they should become sympathetic to Jonathan Taylor because I don't know what has compelled him to listen to this clown show agent that he has, but it's I don't know what the game plan here is. I mean, Saquon Barkley is a better player than Jonathan Taylor. Saquon Barkley is equally as important to the Giants as Jonathan Taylor is to the Colts. And Jonathan Taylor is critically important to the Colts. But number one, his importance is backed up a little bit now because their main focus is the quarterback position now. And number two, he's coming off injury. And number three, he's had basically a season and a half of really productive games where he was a great player, don't get me wrong. However, asking for 50% more than what Saquon Barkley got when Barkley – basically had to go back tail between the legs and sign with the New York Giants and is considered by and large to be a better player than Taylor and to do so when there are not one but two very experienced and productive NFL running backs sitting there on the free agency wire for anybody that wants to pluck them. I have no idea what the thought process and strategy is of trying to play hardball with the Colts because the Colts have all the leverage. He's under contract. They can franchise tag him next year. So they basically have him for two years and they actually kind of did him a favor. If, if in fact, which I believe is the case, he came in and said, my back is tweaked from an off-season workout that I did away from the franchise, they did him a, a favor right there by putting him on pup and not immediately put him on, putting him on the football, yeah. the non-football. And, they, and then Chris did him a favor by not even referencing that when clearly Correct. he knew about that at noon last Tuesday. Correct. Yeah. I mean, if he failed his physical <laughs> by his own admission because of something that took place, and he, he can say all he wants, that that's a lie, but when he says you better get better sources, I can tell you right now, the source on that is as good as it gets. And that, well, you, and I'm not. Are you talking I'm about the talking source on the number? Source. The the source on the number in which he and his agent want is that the way you're talking about the number? No, no, no. When he said when he was talking about the back injury. Oh yeah, said, yeah, yeah. He said, "Look, I never came in and said I had a back injury. You need better sources." Was his Twitter response to a Chapel and Holder report? I think Chapel had it first. Yeah. First off, Mike Chappell's is locked in as it gets, number one. Well, I mean, and that was the Colts, too, Jake. I mean, the Colts were getting that out there, and they used the – I mean, when when other times – I mean, when stuff breaks around here, normally it's through an agent and it's done nationally. That storyline came last night. It evolved from the Colts giving that to Steven and to Mike. And extremely reliably. Yes. I'll just say that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, You believe the number that has been tossed around? That Taylor I wants? Actually, I, I, I do. I mean, I think he would settle for, you know, I think probably you start at 16, you settle for like 13. Uh, if, if if he can get more than 10 or 11, more power to him. Uh, they have the money. I, look, I understand, John, I think Jonathan Taylor has a legitimate point. I mean, I think it is fair for him to say, hey, look, where's mine? 
I mean, I, I've given everything also to this franchise. I've played well. I've won games for you. I've been the good soldier. Where's my extension? Because the precedent, and I always go with precedent, the precedent indicates that he should have been, if they were interested in him, locked in by now. And he's not. So I understand his question. I understand his beef. I just don't. It's like I said this morning. It's like the old Chris, Chris Rock line. I'm not saying you're in the right, but I understand. And that's the same thing. Like, I'm not saying he, he went about it the right way, but I understand what he's saying. So, Jake Query, the morning show, Kevin and Query, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. So, I guess I saw this a little bit earlier today. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Pat McAfee, with his deal, apparently mentioned, um, and I, this is not going to be verbatim of what he said, but mentioned that he wasn't really happy that Jonathan Taylor is treating people within the building. And I'm assuming, you know, people aren't in the building right now, but are up at training camp within the building. You kind of catch my drift on this, who have nothing to do with contracts, how badly he apparently is treating them. Do you buy that? I don't know who that would be. I could guess who it might be. Would that be training staff? It makes me, uh, I yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I think he described it as the unsung heroes. So that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I could see, look, listen, I, I don't. I'm just curious if he bought, I, I was just curious if he bought it. I mean, if somebody would know that it was going to be him because, you know, obviously yeah. he played within the organization, no, I, but just was I, curious. I would trust what, Mac, I would trust what McAfee says. She, yes. Um, plus McAfee has no reason to make that up. Right. Um, here's what it comes down to. And I, and I want, I hope people understand what I mean here. You have really good insight to the Colts. As a matter of fact, you have as good a knowledge base or, or interior track on what goes on as anybody. Um, you know, I have that as well, probably more so with the Pacers than the Colts admittedly, or like the Speedway than the Colts. Kevin has it really well with the Colts clearly but the one thing that i think we need to be reminded of and this is true it kind of goes back to the old roy kent line in ted lasso like we don't really know we, we think we know people and we think that buying a ticket gives you the right to like question them or whatever else we never truly know what's going on in somebody's lives so like we don't really know these guys so we could say that that can't be true about jonathan taylor because his because that's not the kind of guy he is but i don't know what kind of guy he is he seems like a very pleasant and well thought out and, and, and intelligent and respectful young man. But then again, the only times that I've really seen him being interviewed or talked about is after he's breaks an 80 yard touchdown to seal a game or whatever else. To my knowledge, this is the first time really that we've seen Jonathan Taylor being scrutinized in an adverse situation, the injury notwithstanding. So, you know, could he possibly have, a malcontent about him maybe rightly so i don't know but my bottom line is we can get indications as to who we think people are but it doesn't mean that we truly know them inside and out yeah i'm just kind of curious i I don't know what you know what deal that may may or may not have here but uh i just saw that he said that earlier today and i was just kind of curious about that and listen jake the only move here right is for taylor at some point to play because he needs to get paid, and then what? I mean, one year, done, over after that? 
Um, do they end up? Does Jim end up going back on his word and you know trade him? You know because evidently, according to everybody out here, that uh, basically you and I would be you know good options in the backfield uh, coming along here. You don't really need that much back there. Uh, so you know, I mean, what do you think they happens? Got a bit of a, they got a little bit of a setback today, and the fact that, here's the thing. Yeah, Anthony Richardson. This is the bigger issue. Anthony Richardson, I said this this morning, Anthony Richardson needs reps, and Jonathan Taylor needs a new one. But Anthony Richardson needs reps, and now, you know, he has a, a, I don't, a minor, quote-unquote, surgery on his nasal septum. Did he have a I, deviated I, septum? I have that, too. I had, I had a nosebleed in Detroit two years ago in an IndyCar race, and they put what's called a rhino rocket up in me, which is basically like an emery board of hard cotton that then softens with the blood. It was the most painful thing I've ever gone through in my life, and that includes a heart attack. And so I can't imagine the the, the sense. There are so many nerve issues in your nose. I can't imagine Anthony Richardson is ready to go anytime in the next uh, couple of weeks. He's going to miss critical time under center. Then you throw in the fact now that not only is the starting running back not out there running drills with him, but the the backup running back who would be the starter if the starter in fact holds out is also not going to be in there now because he broke his arm today. So uh, things are getting kind of ugly, right? But they need Richardson out there first and foremost, and they need him getting reps. I mean, bottom line. But here's my question for you, John. Yeah. Which is more likely, Anthony Richardson starts week one of the NFL season or Jonathan Taylor still has the same agent at that time? Are you suggesting that he'd probably have to dump his agent to find any I, any common ground or the proverbial he, olive branch here? He just here's what's interesting though he just signed with the agent. Obviously, it's the same agent that yeah, in May. managed to get yeah. 99 million for Shaq Leonard, right? Yeah, I, I believe but, they started out with a little soft touch, right? Yeah, I want to be here forever. You know, I'll, you know, I just want to earn my money, blah, whatever. And then it kind of transitioned now into this so-called hardball stance, which could also be described as an oddball stance. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, but I, yeah, I would think eventually I would hope that Jonathan Taylor comes to his senses. And again, I understand it. I get where he's coming from and I, I sympathize with him, but he has to know there's no way out here. I mean, he literally is backed into a corner. I mean, there's, there's nowhere. I want to demand a trade. Okay. I mean, what are they going to get for him? A fifth rounder, sixth rounder? I don't know who's going to trade for a running back that's going to re- knowing that you're getting him on a rental at the ver- and that if you get him past that that he wants double you know that he wants eight figures a year uh, at the running back position and again Cooks out there Elliott's out there I'm not saying that Elliott's the same level player but Cooks pretty close and they're experienced and and you don't have to give up anything to sign them so I don't know what Taylor's options are. Well, I would agree with you on that. And to me, the option is to come back and play unless you do the whole Rodney Dangerfield thing in Caddyshack where you act like you broke your arm when the golf ball hits you, right? So you get somebody else to come in for you. I don't know how else how else that would work. Um, where do you think Shane Steichen stands on this? I think Kevin Bowen said it really, really well this morning and the fact that Shane Steichen might be the one that's like, hey, I don't need a premier frontline running back. We're good. So this is all a part of a – deviant plan <laughs> no, I don't think be, that, this would be the most like, the most executed of this organization has done in like the past 10 years by the way if this were the I think plan it's entirely yeah. possible that Shane Steichen is yeah. not overly worried about it because he feels like 
I, I really think, John, James Steichen, Chris Ballard, Jim Irsay, their numbers one, two, and three priorities this year and this season are developing Anthony Richardson. Not wins, not Jonathan Taylor's yardage. It's not re-signing Taylor. It is developing Anthony Richardson and everything that they can do to develop Anthony Richardson. Now, Ursay made the comment, I think people misconstrued it about trades when he was talking about how Peyton had Marshall Falk and then Edron James. All he was saying there was that Ursay does understand the value of having a solid running back behind a, a rookie quarterback so yeah. that player can get their footing underneath them. That's exactly. what he meant by that. Because you look at, I mentioned, I mean, Jim Mersey knows the history of this franchise better than anybody, and he and he references it and leans on it as much as anybody. And the other time, you know, he's had three franchise quarterbacks come through here since they've come to Indianapolis. One of them was obviously Manning. One of them was Luck, who did have a security blanket of, you know, he had Luck had veteran running backs behind him, but he also had Reggie Wayne having a monster year as a rookie. And then the other one is Jeff George. And when Jeff George was early in his career and trying to get his footing, Eric Dickerson did what? He held out and got suspended. And it spiraled, and, and it never allowed Jeff George to have any stability at the quarterback position. And eventually they traded him to Atlanta where he had pretty good numbers. But he didn't have them here because everything was a total disaster around him. And Ursay has to be aware of that. Yeah, you would think. I said this a little bit earlier, Jake, that with regards – to, I've said this, and I don't know whether or not you or Kevin would agree with me on it. I, I think that he wants to be you know, a major voice in terms of ownership in the NFL. He wants to be a lead voice of NFL owners, and I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. In terms of being outspoken... Uh, about the future of Daniel Snyder, which he has been, fine. You know, that's what ownership would do NFL-wise if you wanted to be that lead voice, that lead dog, so to speak. But in terms of, and I I mentioned a a Bull Durham reference, you let way too many people that shouldn't be in your kitchen in your kitchen by doing what he started here. And then kind of the continuation of it here as well. I mean, there's no doubt that you look at the Jonathan Taylor side, that's been a clown show too. But in terms of your own team, let those things happen within your own team. If you want to be outspoken and a leader of the NFL, fine. But with your own team, try to keep that certainly a little bit more of the down low. Isn't that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, the down low part is I just think fans, John, you know, it's funny. They would have known this anyway. They would have known this anyway and then would not have had to have chosen sides over it had he just Here's let this funny. go. What's funny is this. Do you remember when Jim Mercer was talking about Jeff Saturday and he said, like, I don't know how sausage is made. I know football, but, like, I, I know I like sausage, but I don't know how the sausage is made. Remember that? Yeah. Like, he needs to take a page from that and realize that his football team to people is sausage. They want to enjoy the sausage. They don't care how it's made. Keep that part away from people because people don't want to get involved in it. They don't want to hear the, the constant drama. They want to know that players are going to be out there and that, that, in fact, you have a great culture that players – and I think most of the players enjoy playing here. But that's what they want to know about. They don't want to know – they don't need to know the nuances of the behind-the-scenes negotiation. And, and, Jake, let's remember, too, the last thing anybody out there listening right now wants to be a part of is a sausage fest. <laughs> that would, I'm sorry. That I, I, there is no correct. way I was letting that one go. None. That Zero. is indeed correct. You don't want to be a part of a sausage fest. No way. All right. What do you two fellas have going on in Westfield? I think one of these days I'll be out there at night, too. 
So we're back out there tomorrow morning. So uh, we'll be out there tomorrow. I mean, obviously, this is the big story. I think the other one, too, is going to be Anthony Richardson and trying yeah. to figure out when exactly. I mean, somebody just sent me a thing like, hey, I played rugby with a broken nose and it wasn't a problem at all. I, okay. I mean, um, you know, I've been, I've been punched you. and windshields have hit it. Tree branches and a tractor, it's been broken twice and and never fixed because back when I broke it, I was no, in my I 20s, I didn't have insurance. You know, my nose has never bled, ever. This is not, well, trust me. The, listen, I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about the bone of the, of the nose. I'm talking about the septum, which is the, the combination of tendons and cartilage that's underneath the bone. And it is, like, it is so sensitive. I'm just telling you, like, I mean, I did have this morning, as soon as that news came out, I probably got 15 texts from people because I give my number out on the air, so people text me, which I appreciate, but <laughs> from people that were like, oh, my God, like, I've had that, and it is the worst pain ever, like, ever. So we'll yeah. see how long he's out. I got uh, I, I got he's sucker look like pu- Marsha Brady. You know that, right? Like, he's going to look like Marsha Brady. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I got sucker punched at a Bloomfield, and I went to Eastern. Exactly. I went to a Bloomfield dance, and I kind of wanted to pick up on on one of the chicks, and one of the dudes didn't like it. It sucker punched me in the bathroom, and it got me good too. And it didn't bleed. My nose has never bled. Dude, let me tell you something. You're lucky. All I know is, if just look up sometime, or pull up a YouTube video of people getting a rhino rock. I still got that guy's place. chick too. So ha ha. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Did you ask him if he liked apples? I, this dude, when I had my nose bleed, I can just tell you, I go to the medical at the Detroit in Belle Isle, yeah, and he and he says, "Well, I've got to put this thing in your nose," and it, it's a it was a it's cotton, but it's dried and pressed, so it literally looked like an emery board. That's exactly what it looked like, like a, like a nail file. And Michael Young, track dude Michael Young witnesses because he made the mistake of walking in right when this dude was doing it. He tilted my head back, this this doctor, held held the back of my head with his like firmly with the palm of his hand, and then with the other hand, starting, you know, like put it right up against my nose, and then with his thumb pushed it all the way back as far in my sinus cavity as, as it could go. And then as the blood gets into the cotton, then obviously it moistens it and it opens up. It was the most pain I've ever had in my entire life. And I, I literally, I, I like pushed the dude. I actually, I think I threw a punch at him involuntarily. And he's like, yeah. I mean, if I would have, t- I go, how, why did you tell me how bad that hurts? And he said, because if I ever tell anybody what it truly feels like, I can never do it. Because you, 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 you're going to move your head. It was the worst thing ever, 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 ever. So there you go. Hey, Jake, if you want to use this tomorrow, a little pop culture reference for everybody, uh, then the more power to you please please use it um what's going to happen here in this jonathan taylor colt situation it's it's much like what happened with van halen david lee roth is going to play the remainder of the 1984 tour and then sammy hagar will be in here to be the lead vocalist for 5150 so that's how this is all going to play out right here you're going to see so what's your- david lee roth for the rest of the 1984 tour and then after that they will bring in Sammy Hagar. So you're telling me that Jonathan Taylor is going to get paid by Jeff Spicoli um, <laughs> after Jeff Spicoli rescues Brooke Shields. <laughs> that's that's before they went synth pop with Eddie Van Halen right there in 1984. That's yeah, David Lee Roth. I think wanted to rock a little bit more. So you know David Lee Roth should have went to Sticks, and Dennis DeYoung should have gone to Van Halen. Why didn't they do that? Because Dennis DeYoung wanted to do more of that outside the box rock stuff. And then you could have had David Lee Roth with sticks because he wanted to rock 
like uh, I kind of guys did. I was driving the other day. You might have been doing it actually on the JMB takeover. Yeah, and um, a couple of like David Lee Roth. His, some of his solo stuff I really liked. I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't at the time, but I listen to it now, and it's kind of it, it's fun and nostalgic for me. I, I prefer David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar. Maybe that is that like anti Van. No, no, no. It's it, it, it it's fine because they were rocking. They were rocking. Well, I, I do have to like James just got out of his chair, so that means I got to go. But um, no, you're right. It um it's more rocking with David Lee Roth, uh, and they tried more things obviously with uh, Sammy there. So great front man. Yeah, and then, I mean, maybe they end up bringing Jonathan Taylor back one of these days like they did with David Lee Roth and then find out again that they can't hang around him and they get rid of him again. And then I guess, I don't know who's going to be Michael Anthony. Is that Michael Pittman Jr. going to go, we don't need you either, so what the hell, get out. (laughs) There it is. Use that entire Van Halen analogy tomorrow morning. There it is. All right, and I'll mention that he's from Indiana. That's cool. See you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, see it. All right, James is out of the chair. I'm way over. Sorry, James. (laughs) James Boyd, top of the hour. More of the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Your calls at 239-1070 and stuff to give away, too. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You down with PUP? Uh, Jeremiah writes this, I support JT and wonder if more running backs eventually stand together against owners across the league. Well, they've already tried that little thing, and then the uh, lead running back uh, within this tremendous stance right here decided to go ahead and take the money and run like Steve Miller Van. So, Jeremiah, while that sounds all great, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, Travis Etienne, right? Running back, Jacksonville Jaguars. When asked this question, he said, you got to diversify your game. And I looked that word up because that's way too big for me being from Greene County. Hey, well, diversify. Um, You've got to add some things. I think that he is right because you see guys like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara uh, get paid with not a lot of pushback because they have diversified their game. So, I don't know what you're going to be able to do about it right now. Unless you want to leverage a lot of where you are right now and do it for the future of the position which sounds great, but I would doubt it. Thank you, Jeremiah. Good request the other night, too, buddy. Hey, JMV, I love Jonathan Taylor, but his leverage is Anthony Richardson's development, which is hard to quantify, and his 2021 season. Well, here's why it's hard to quantify, because he doesn't have any leverage. I mean that that leverage doesn't work. It, it it to me, there's there's no real leverage to get what reportedly, what allegedly he wants out of this. I mean he's got to live in the moment. He's just going to be like Eminem. Just lose yourself in the moment here. You're going to have to. I, I wish I had better advice. I mean that's crappy advice. Nobody's going to pay me to be their advisor on this. 
Uh, and, and his representation has probably promised him the worry. Look what we did for Shaq Leonard, his teammate. You know what? We'll get over on this too. A little hardball action, right? It just This is not going to work for him. And I wish I had better advice to be beneficial for all sides, but one side holds all the cards. Yeah, I know. I holds all the cards. I should stop saying that, too. That's very cliche, but it is true. So what do you play this year? Now, come back next year if you want. And I'm not, listen, this may be irreparable at this point. Let's just do it in a perfect world. Perfect world scenario. Rarely do we live in this world, but let's live in it for a moment. Here's the scenario. You just realize that this is going to be it for you and you want to get paid right now. It's like the epiphany that Saquon Barkley had. He had an epiphany and it was built around, I better get my money right now. The most I can right now. And for Jonathan Taylor, that's going to be the case. And you know, Jim Irsay has mentioned in the past. And then if Jonathan Taylor plays well and everybody goes, yeah, you would really like to see him come back. How about a franchise tag? That's, that's when you're going to get more money because it's a pipe dream to get what that number was that has been mentioned here. You're not going to get that. But what you can do is get what you can right now and then play it or lose yourself in it this year. Easier said than done. And see what you can make out of it next year. Because, again, that's when your owner has has promised, yeah, we pay our guys. If he is as, as big as a deal with this rookie quarterback, as knuckleheads like me have suggested his presence would be, and that's proven out, why would you not want to give him more money, whether it's a franchise tag or whatever next year? I guess what I'm saying here is I don't see an alternative for Jonathan Taylor other than proving himself in this final year of his contract. Anybody else have any other options? Thomas says maybe he's counting on fantasy football value. Jim McCann says, I hear fans saying just give Jonathan Taylor his money and then comparing Saquon Barkley signing with the Giants, uh, Jonathan Taylor's contract situation. Don't they get Taylor is still, yeah, I mean, that's the difference. Saquon Barkley was going after a different, he took the money right then. Uh, He was a part of all this conversation. The running backs get together. They're going to have themselves a forum on Zoom. And then Saquon Barkley had an epiphany. And we know what that epiphany is. Uh, Here's a big amount of money, and if I don't take it right now, I'm never going to make this again. That's your epiphany. Again, I'm sure to Jonathan Taylor, this is not a great argument. This is not a great option. I'm not presenting anything that I'm sure he digs, especially considering the facial expressions out there. But I don't see any other options. No, none, zero. Uh, Zach Moss, by the way, broke his arm. He is out for at least six weeks earlier today in practice. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, you got to kind of you, you kind of realize what's going on with Jonathan Taylor, and he hasn't been around here long enough to do that. But if you've been around here long enough, then you have to know 
that the moment all this stuff started happening to Jonathan Taylor and Moss was like named the the running back, you know, the starter at running back right now, uh, you had to know that something ill-fated was about to happen. I don't know what you could have done. A rabbit's foot, four-leaf clover, I mean, anything, if you're superstitious. I think by now a lot of Colts fans with this stuff in mind are probably rather superstitious. JMV, this is what I have a problem with here. So Jonathan Taylor said it himself. If you signed a contract, live up to it. And no one can compare it to the extension given to Leonard or Nelson. They didn't demand one. And therein lies probably BT, a tactical error by his representation. That was the soft touch entry, I believe, right? Going back. Was that the end of end of June? Was that in June when he, he gave that quote? I know he, he hired this dude in May, and then that was the soft touch approach. Um well, you know, I've done a lot for this organization. You know, I'm a great dude. Um, and hopefully they understand that, you know, kind of deal. And then this was the the tactical hardball approach. And then his agent kind of went a little bit haywire. But but again, I mean, the, to me, Jim Mercer starting it all, he's kind of got this thing rolling. We were going to be at this spot anyway. Don't you guys imagine? Don't you think we were going to be here and we're going to be talking about this very thing right now? All this was going to happen, but now you can go back and say, well, look what Jim said here. Why did you say that? And you can make that a he problem. And, you know, the RV meeting, that's a, a, a Jim problem. You know, then coming back and saying, uh, end of conversation, he will not be traded. And then you had the the leak of the non-football injury list last night, which, yeah, I'm sorry if it didn't come from an agent that goes nationally and it went to Steven and it went to Mike as it should from ESPN.com and Mike Chappell, who is uh, the guy that's been covering the Colts around here the longest, you know, they got that heads up from the Colts because that was the Colts tactical maneuver. And a lot of the silliness could have been absolutely sidestepped. Quick break. We'll come back. I got time for your calls. James Boyd, Athletic Top of the Hour, Yacht Rock Review Tickets. Later on this week, I've got other tickets you guys are going to love, too. And our Backyard Bourbon Broadcast, number one, is coming up on Friday. Sign up, 1075thefan.com. We bring the food, Ford's Garage and Richard. Uh, We bring, obviously, the beverages. That's Heaven Hill Distillery and so much more. It's coming up, our first one's on Friday. Sign up right now, 1075thefan.com. And as we hit a break, an RIP Skypoint to Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, best known as Pee Wee Herman. Paul Rubens has passed away, I believe, at the age of 70. And he brought Pee Wee Herman to life on the big screen. Uh, obviously, the smaller screen, Saturday mornings to kids. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Pee Wee Herman was Paul Rubens. R.I.P. to Paul Rubens. Back with you next. 
The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Was that FUBAR right there? Oh, man, a little bit of FUBAR. I was not privy to that FUBAR. Uh, James, it wasn't James's fault either. Mm. I think Whopper here was screwing us up. Thanks a lot, Whopper. Um, that's from Brandon. So, JMV here. Let me get this straight. No number one wide receiver. No number one tight end. Thin at cornerback in a passing league. Giving uh, Jonathan Taylor the salary he wants would be the equivalent of buying a Corvette when you live in a double wide. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not going to get what he wants. He's never, ever, ever going to get what he wants. But you got to get what you can. You can't leave anything on the table. It may not be what you want on that table, but you can't leave anything there. Just don't. Again, really easy for me to say. I need to march down to somebody's office right now to demand something. (laughs) But no, seriously. I wish I had better advice, but that's it. Literally it. Man up and honor your contract or sit on the sideline and hope the Colts don't find someone who is just as effective at your position. Yeah, doing that, you won't get paid. Doing that, you won't get paid. And there may be some incredibly genius way to get around it. But as far as going with what I know right now, I don't see anything else other than that. Uh, We shall see where this goes. 239-1070 is the number. This is Greg, everybody. Hello, Greg. John, how are you? Greg, I'm okay. Thanks for asking. That makes me feel good. Good. Makes me me feel as if you care. I do. uh, Wonderful. Uh, Hey, uh, so, you know, recently, I mean, back into like – Carson Wentz, and then the whole thing with Saturday, Ballard, Ursay, yeah. and now this with Jonathan Taylor, right? Like, we've talked about, you know, Mr. Ursay and commenting about everything and how he's doing and how he, you know, he wants to be the furthest from his father. Chapel had, I think, had a conversation with him last year, talked about it on your show, maybe yeah. the morning show, about how, how Jim Ursay felt like, you know, hey, I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to get away from that. And then this year it happens. And this just, like, keeps snowballing and yeah. snowballing into, like, conversations yeah. and those kind of things. Does he care anymore with that? Is he turning into his late father? Um, I think uh, – um, What's going on with, like, that's I, what I keep feeling is, like, yeah. he just can't help himself anymore. I think social media will tend to do that to you, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, if, if I'm going to blame something to blame right here, you you got somebody that everybody wants to hear from and everybody's going to listen to, and you have it very easy to go ahead and tell globally everybody what you think about a situation like this, and you know that can be dangerous territory. I mean, it's dangerous for a knucklehead like me. I can't imagine it not being dangerous for somebody that carries that much clout. So, 
I mean, I, I think that, that that's – how do you deal with it? Um, no, how do, you, how do you think Chris Ballard feels in this situation? Um, feel- yeah, well, you know what? Chris Ballard, he, I'm sure he doesn't like it, but he built this thing all wrong, so who the hell cares? I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I hate to say it no, that I way. I know that, says, that sounds lame, but this, this was all his doing. I mean, he drafted that. Jim signed off on it three years ago. They traded up to get Jonathan Taylor. This was his ill-fated build, and it's it's playing out large right here. So, you know, if Chris were to ever in a private moment say, man, this is really screwing with me right here. I mean, Chris's fingerprints are all over this. So, yeah, I don't – not much sympathy. Sorry. I should, right? Maybe. Do I owe him some sympathy? Uh, maybe I should, but and that's that. You know, I'm sure that he would love everybody to just shut up and go about their business, so he can get this reboot going and try to save it for himself after six years going into year seven. But there's a lot of accountability in his office too. A lot of consistency in the drama department. Yeah, it's well. That's the only thing that's been consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what's your top five? What's your top five dramatic moments or foobar moments or circuses? I mean, you mentioned, you know, you you go back to, you know, when they were winning still and you had the the Vax and non-Vax quarterback and Wentz. That was one. Uh, And then that back and forth between the owner and Wentz right there. You know, you had had last year, which is, you know, ridiculous (laughs) across the board. I mean, you had Jeff Saturday hire, you know, put Sam Ellinger in as quarterback. I'm probably missing something here, too. And, And now this, that's why it's suggest much like you greg that people around here are kind of sick and tired of it and i don't blame them yeah greg anything else i think that's it man have a great day you call anytime greg greg ask how i was i appreciate that no there is no question that chris ballard doesn't want to have to deal with any of this stuff but he really doesn't have to i mean he sidestepped all that he got away with it back on tuesday you can't tell me that he didn't know a lot of this on Tuesday, right? He could have just said it. I mean, he could he could have worn that too and had to deal with that too, but he doesn't have to. I'm assuming he knew that on Tuesday. And that's why this also, you, you think of it, I mean, three years ago, you trade up, and it's not like this situation has evolved into this over the past three years. It, it was this. The whole bell cow running back situation in the NFL right now is much like that of the big man five position in the NBA. You know, if you can't do certain things, you can't play the role. Or at least on certain levels you can, but not on the top level. So, I mean, Jim signed off. I told him to do it. I told him to do it. And then you fast forward to now and it's a huge pain in the ass. Quick break and we'll come back. It's James Boyd of The Athletic coming up on the other side and your chance to win stuff too. I don't want you going anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You guys have been outstanding today. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. 
I got to run down to GC tomorrow, and Derek Schultz is in for me tomorrow. Hope you don't mind. Derek is always awesome. Got to make a run down there. I got to make sure everything is okay. So obviously you bring me in to the situation and then all of a sudden everything is calm, cool and collected. That's why I've, you know, I've I've kind of hung myself out there for the Colts if you want to bring me in and bring in some some level-headedness and balance to this entire situation. I'm open and ready. But tomorrow I got to go down there and make sure everything is okay. I make sure that my mom's, you know, going out there at 2.30 in the morning and feeding raccoons and all that stuff. Everything is okay. Make sure you're doing that. <laughs> One of these days, I'll tell you stories. I'll tell you stories. But uh, Derek is in for me tomorrow. Thank you, Derek Schultz, for that. He'll also have your chance, much like I do today, to help you win some Yacht Rock Review tickets. That's a week from Saturday at TCU Amphitheater, Yacht Rock Review. When you hear a Yacht Rock classic from me as a reentry here in the 5 o'clock hour, that's your cue to call. And I'll give you a pair of tickets. Yacht Rock Review. That is coming up a week from Saturday. Hey, by the way, too, Boss Skaggs, speaking of Yacht Rock, now, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like Yacht Rock. Boss Gags, I think, originally was with the uh, Steve Miller Band. He does not like Yacht Rock, but he is Yacht Rock. That's coming up at uh, the Brown County Music Center on Wednesday night. Now, you bring this up. MTS Wood says, and I gave an RIP to Paul Rubens, better known as Pee Wee Herman, his character incredible iconic character somebody asked me inside the lounge via youtube live if i had a peewee herman lunchbox i said i don't think they made them mts wood gives me a photograph from 1987 of a plastic lunchbox i don't go that deep i'm kind of like yacht rock in that category there's a certain level i have metal lunchboxes and uh, i think the latest one i have is maybe 1985 and it's the a-team I think that's the latest I have. 85 and the A-team. I'm thinking, I think there may have Rambo, yeah, Rambo, but I think that was from 82 from First Blood. And then I have it from 85, and I go all the way back to the late 50s, and most of which are metal. So I, I don't view that as a part of my lunchbox collection right there. Uh, RIP, by the way, to Paul Rubens who brought Pee Wee Herman to life. Big screen and small screen every Saturday morning. Back to your calls in a second via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He is a friend of the show, did a great job this summer, co-hosting with Jimmy Cook most of the time, the fan midday show. He writes for The Athletic, covers the Colts, which has been a hell of a lot of work here recently, certainly, probably even more than he bargained for. James Boyd joins us now. Has this been more than you've bargained for? Absolutely. Do you absolutely. need a Do you need a raise, much like Jonathan Taylor here? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind one. I've seen. I'm sure he wouldn't mind one either. No, and uh, he's not going to get it till the end of the season. <laughs> so, I, to me, what's the play here? My my thought is, and it's really advice that Jonathan Taylor wouldn't want to to hear. I'm sure, and it's very simple. But I don't see an alternative unless there's some big grand scheme behind the scenes to get him paid and not doing anything uh, for him. To just find out that he's going to have to play to get paid here. What do you think the call is? I think the call is that he's in a spot where the, the team controls his future. So at the end of the day, they don't have to trade him. They don't have to pay him. 
And after going through the CBA myself to learn the ins and outs as best as I could over the last two days, there's a story coming in The Athletic about why um, he really has no leverage even if he wants to hold out. So there's just a bunch of uh, things that I hope I can explain better through that written piece and obviously on air with you. Just let people know, like, you can't hold out while you still have one year left on your deal. It's a difference between holding out with one year left on your deal as opposed to a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who held out for an entire year after his franchise tag. He had a bit more leverage where JT has, I've been saying it, none, zero. No, I no, there's none. And that's, that's why uh, in your article, I'm assuming the only players to pay or play to pay to get paid in yeah, this they, case. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, it gets into the weeds a bit about, like, you know, if you want a potential out or if you want to force their hand, how much it would cost you per day. So basically just breaking down, like... Like acting hurt? Is it it acting hurt or something like that, maybe? I mean, hey, certain things is just... I mean, it doesn't help, obviously, if you are going to miss any time because you're fighting for more money while you're losing money and it becomes even more uh, convoluted. So, again, I think that at the end of the day... We're probably going to see a just you know an unhappy JT have to walk into that locker room before the season starts unless he wants to give over checks every week um, and, and play for the Colts. All right. So here's the other thing too, and we're just thinking of it in terms of getting paid right now. But doesn't him getting paid the most he possibly can in the short term also hinge on how he looks this season too? I mean, isn't he? He's also playing for his short term, and whatever he can get paid. I mean, that also hinges on how he looks and how things go down this year, too, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it kind of—I can see it both ways, right? We're out here at camp today. Zach Moss broke his arm, right, during um, practice. He's going into a contract year. Imagine JJ. Uh, not sorry, not JJ. Imagine if. John Taylor had gone out there and practiced, you know, while he's fighting for a contract and broke his arm. Now he gets no money. So um, it's the same way as going out there and proving it. Like, proving you can stay healthy throughout the entire season after the injury riddle season last year. And then proving that you can be a star player again. I understand that he's frustrated. He's less than two years removed from an all-pro season. But at the same time, the NFL has always been a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And let's say the running back market, they're just not going to give you that paper before they have to. So, James Boyd of The Athletic with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Also, uh, midday fill-in host extraordinaire here on the fan and uh, uh, pickup basketball player. Then we'll get to the point where maybe he was the one that deviated the septum of uh, Anthony Richardson <laughs> a couple of weeks no, ago. No, no, yeah, I mean, I, I can see I can see your ass getting up underneath him a little bit right there, trying to play that lockdown defense and something. No, anyway. no, you tell all the listeners out there I dunked on Anthony Richardson. Okay, that's the story I want, want to get yeah. out, out, out there right away <laughs> um i do want to double back to this this goes all the way back to uh, last week almost a week ago uh tuesday i'm assuming that chris ballard was privy to all of this like the the formal trade request and all that and the uh, likelihood of landing on pup when you guys were asking him questions last tuesday right yeah i mean i think that's plausible and at the same time as i've been saying with everyone else he's not the problem he's been you know pretty good at the GM thing, kind of holding his cards to his vest. It's, you know, Ursay and then JT's agent and the back and forth and all that stuff that's kind of made this more fiery. I, I just, I just, you know, 
everybody always you know, talks about the transparency and you know there's a case where there was like zero transparency i mean clearly you were you were protecting everything and that always is something i want to say yeah they're they're transparent in things that they are okay if you know and clearly last tuesday there was stuff they did not want people to know but i mean at the same time then your your owner comes out and he yes. you know takes a shot at the running back market you know uh your top running back his agent responds then you have, you know, obviously last night where JP was responding saying, hey, my back was never messed up. All these sources you guys are talking to get new ones, get better ones. And so it seems very personal at this point where I don't know if I would have said the same thing about a week or two ago. I mean, we knew he probably wasn't happy, but for it to play out like this, where you have so much back and forth in the public square between your best player and the owner, it's not a, look good, a good look on either side. But as I've been saying all along, the optics at this point really don't matter because the fact of the matter remains that the Colts and Ursay hold the upper hand, and if they want JT to be in a Colts uniform, unless he plans on walking away from football forever, that's probably what's going to happen at some point this season. you think you could still repair this relationship? No, I don't think so. I think that you – if you're JT, you go into this year, and I don't know if you lean on your family – uh, faith, if he's a faith type of guy or, or his, his wife and things like that, but just you find why you love the game in the first place and you go out there and remember, like, you know, I guess how cool it is to be in the NFL. Obviously, you're not playing for, you know, pennies compared to everybody else, so that's something to keep in perspective, but um, go out there and just play as best as you can, but the catch is, like, if you play really good, they're going to tag you, so, I mean, I don't know if he's got, like, talk to a therapist or a counselor or what because i mean at the end of the day if they want to you they own you and they own your rights uh i won't say they own him they own his rights for the next you know two three years if they want to even four if they want to tag him for a third time so um it's a tough situation for him to be in but i think that the relationship itself cannot be mended but can it be to the point where they just work together and they and, and it goes that way sure but at the end of the day it's always going to be the elf in the room where as soon as he gets in front of a mic we're going to ask JT how he feels and whether he says how he truly feels or not. I mean, his body language is going to be everything. So. I, yeah, I guess this question kind of is in in the realm of, all right, well, he's a guy that's put up big numbers before. So certainly the first-year head coach and also the OC would want him. But do you think deep down inside Shane Steichen, does he care that he is here or really doesn't care if he's not playing with his team? What do you think? If Shane Steichen cares if JT is here, yeah, absolutely. does he? Does it really matter? You think to him or? Yes, I think it matters a lot to him because, I mean, I go back to I have a story of on the athletic. I encourage everyone to read it. You know, uh, as soon as you can. It details basically from January till now what everyone was saying about JT and how important he is, and then how it kind of shifted to this point now where they don't want, they want to offer him a contract extension. But during Shane Steichen's first press conference, you know, not even an hour into his job, he was talking about how you know, exciting it will be to build an offense with a, a dynamic running back and a running back as talented as JT. So I think he wants him. And also the other thing no one really talks about because it hasn't gotten to that point yet is if you really, you know, make this relationship with JT so bad to the point where he doesn't want to play for you anymore and it gets, you know, all these things um, keep getting going down and they keep having a standoff, those are reps that you're missing with JT and Anthony Richardson who is – the face of your franchise, your future unquestionably right now. So if all this comes to a head and JT no longer wants to play for you or he isn't here and you do end up trading him or whatever the case may be, and it affects the development of Anthony Richardson, 
then everyone in the Colts organization is going to look really, really bad for getting rid of a player or, or being at odds with a player who could have helped the player, the guy that you hope can be, you know, your new paid man, new Andrew Luck. Well, it's funny, James, too, because our thoughts were always next year and how much you need Jonathan Taylor next year because he was under contract. You never thought that he wouldn't participate this year. I happen to think that it is a high level of importance that you have somebody of the quality behind you as a rookie that's inexperienced like Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. Do the Colts, do the Colts believe that equal to what I believe importance wise, or do they believe like the fans say, well, they can just slot anybody back there and everything's going to be all right. No, no, no. They're not going to the fan route. I see people saying, Oh, just trade them for a fourth. No, no, no. JT still top five, arguably the best running back in the league when healthy. But the thing about the Colts is they're just saying we're not going to pay more than we have to for you. That's the bottom line. They wouldn't do that for any player, quite frankly. And so maybe it would be different if he was coming off of a first-team all-pro season. I know people have been saying, well, Quentin Nelson got an extension a year early and Zach Leonard got an extension a year year early. Both of them were coming off all-pro season. JT isn't coming off an all-pro season. He's also a running back, so that's a factor. But I think that they know how important he is but they also know how important it is to not pay him more than they have to. And so uh, it's a shrewd business, um, and, and, and I don't see any way for JT to wiggle out of this and, and get the money he thinks he deserves here or elsewhere. So, like I said, the Colts own his rights for the foreseeable future, and at some point I think that we're going to be you know, uh, huddled around JT just asking him how we got here. So I love the NBA, and I, I loved uh, having both – Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson together on NBA broadcast. I mean, I I did like listening to them go back and forth. I think there was a great deal of value there. Thus, I think the breaking up of that group with the two analysts uh, is something that is needlessly done. I also view that... It hurt me, man. It hurt me. And I also view that as... I I know Jim Irsay wants to be a, a lead voice among NFL owners, and that's fine if you want to say that regarding the uh, hopefully lack of future with Daniel Snyder, as he did, and very outspoken, more so than anybody else in ownership in the NFL about that. But with your own team, James, I think you're just better off making sure nobody gets in your kitchen. Better off that you keep everything as professional and behind the scenes as possible. That, to me... That initial tweet that he sent out was needlessly done. And that's why I make the analogy. ESPN's doing something here NBA-wise that's needlessly done to me. And I think Jim did something that's needlessly done because all that came out is stuff that we knew anyway. But now everybody's choice to pick sides, and they have. Yeah, I think it was something that, you know, if the agent, if the owner, if all these people could kind of take back their tweets, they probably would because that was basically like napalm or gasoline on the situation. And again, it felt like from that moment on, all of this got really, really personal and the relationship kind of just disintegrated before our eyes. And I know the whole bus situation, the come Jesus meeting or whatever, the theatrics of all of that. I mean, none of this is really playing out well in the public eye. And as you said, it doesn't benefit you to even have these things out there. You can have the same conversations, the same tension behind the scenes, but the difference is the tension wouldn't be in the public and we wouldn't know about it. We would just be under the same impression that we've always been, which is that JT wants an extension. They don't want to do it. And that's that. But to kind of get out here and, you know, just have some of these embarrassing moments, um, it's been 
weird here, I guess, in Colts land and definitely out here in uh, a <laughs> yeah. camp. It was weird here before you got here, by the way. I mean, <laughs> look, I had a video today of Jonathan Taylor. I just put the, the camera up, you know, a minute and 30, I believe, straight of, of him standing there watching his teammates, not saying a word, not saying anything. I mean, he's here, but is he really here? So that's the definition of I'm here, so I won't get fined. And I know fans keep saying, let's just send him home. Why is he showing up here? want to be there. Because he will get fined $40,000 a day, or could be, if the Colts imposed it, for not showing up for camp. So, yes, JT will be here. The question is, will he be here, like, fully engaged and playing for the Colts eventually for season start? It's interesting, too, James, to see the approach here in, in trying to, you know, find your footing, find a spot to where you hope that the Colts budge and give you the money that you're looking for if you're his representation. That's completely been botched. But you could see the soft touch early on where he was talking about, you know, I want to retire here and blah, 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 and, you know, I want to play out my contract. And that went, like, for from zero to 80. I mean, they went from soft touch to hardcore in a matter of minutes and all this. It seems at the start of camp, and that has been completely non-beneficial to everybody involved here. You think Jonathan Taylor recognizes that? I think he recognizes that, but when you're upset and when you feel undervalued, and I guess the thing that I will never truly understand is being in those rooms where – you're saying I'm worth this, and someone's telling you to your face you're not. So that creates a whole other personal dynamic to him. I think he's aware of the situation, the optics of it and everything, but at this point, maybe he and maybe the Colts feel like there's no turning back. We're going to just stick to whatever guns we have, whatever side we have, and let the tips fall where they may. And like I said, the tips will fall in favor of the Colts because that's the way the league is set up. It is not the NBA. You cannot force your way out. You know, um, like a Damian Lillard, you know, like LeBron did, and forced trades and things like that. There's just no way you can do these things. Um, and actually, LeBron left the free agency, but even then, he kind of got Anthony Davis to come over before his contract was up. But my point is, it doesn't work like that in the NFL. It is an owner's league, and if they want you around, they have a lot of things in that CBA to keep you around, um, even against your will and against your desire to be there. Uh, it's uh, James Boyd of The Athletic with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So what do you think happens? He play for this team this year? Does he line up behind Anthony Richardson in week number one, ready to go, fences mended, and everybody feeling good? I'm going to say yes. I just don't. Oh, look at you with the happy ending right here. You're just great. No, I, I knew I liked you from the gate. I did. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I don't know if it'd be happy. You might be, you know, mad, but I think that, <laughs> you know, money changes things, Zambi. Money changes things. So when it comes to yeah. him fighting for more money, I don't think that losing money while you fight for more money or a different situation is going to help you. I mean, he's probably going to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars a week. You know, if he chooses to sit out, you know, at the start of the season. So um, we'll see how it goes. But at the end of the day, I think that he's going to suit up. He'll be maybe upset about it. But the question for me is like, okay, when does he get off this pup list? And what is the injury? What is the specific injury? Is it a back? Is it an ankle? What is it? We haven't heard from him. That's, that's just the only voice that's missing. And what I wish he would do is just come out and tell us what you think. I mean, everyone's talking about you. We see you. It's like a zoo, honestly. We're like watching this guy. You know, there he is. There's JT. The fans are shouting your name, and you're just, you know, not saying anything. Now, that might be your best move right now, but the tweets and things like that, at some point they'll have to come to an end, and at some point he'll be in front of us having to answer for 
whatever has trans- transpired over the last few months. I tell you, normally I would think getting on the uh, the tour bus of Jim Irsay would be one hell of a time, but it didn't seem like that that was one hell of a time for him on Saturday. Fair? No, no, I don't think so. I was monitoring it. I was thinking to myself, wow, I'm really on bus watch. Like, what is this? I've never experienced that life. <laughs> I'm supposed to be. Well, I'm trying to like keep up with how many passes yeah. Anthony Richardson has thrown, and I'm watching him. Well, play. I mean, you weren't around here for the whole Andrew Luck thing. I mean, you should see. I mean, we were we were reduced to levels of ridiculousness that you will still not know because you weren't around here during the Luck stuff. So it will never be. You know it will never be as big a joke as that. I wouldn't think. But my brother, the fact that it's being brought up <laughs> is what's paining me. I'm like, this should not be. Anywhere near me, going into my second year. No, you're right. Um, you asked if I want to raise. I need to raise, but no. Jokes aside, it has been fun. Um, and I guess the one thing about journalism and news is, like, you want to be covering something that everybody's talking about, and that's what I'm doing right now. So um, from a human standpoint, you kind of just hope that it works out to, you know, either side from a personal relationship standpoint, but from a news standpoint, it's like, you got the, one of the biggest stories in the NFL outside of the quarterbacks. I'm just glad that Anthony Richardson does not have to be placed on the non-football-related injury list because he was playing a pickup game with you and deviated to septum a couple of weeks okay, ago. here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. If, when I dunked on him, I dunked on him pretty hard. And, you know, I might have caught him with an elbow, but no. Yeah. Well, what is that? that was, pre, was that pre-existing, too, that, that situation, so or was something that happened in practice? Thanks, Dykin was kind of touchy-feely about it. He didn't really explain it. Yeah. But – I guess the theory that we have is that he went in for a physical, his first official physical with the team or something, and they might have figured something out. Um, whether it was pre preseason or not, he'll be back at practice tomorrow. And um, honestly, when we see him next, we'll just have to ask him himself. And maybe he'll give us more clarity than uh, Shane Sykin did. I'm going to tell you what, I, I need that done. To, I need to open up my my nostril, too. I get a brick. <laughs> breathing through my nose is a struggle sometimes. So I, I'd like to do that too. Uh, you know, to, to hook you up with the best, uh, the best in the business, because you know, uh, Anthony Richardson did not go to your local doctor. He probably went to the, 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 the you know, the Harvard of nose doctor to get that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. Get, yeah, no, no doubt about that. So, uh, anyway, so you expect him back tomorrow? They said that. Is that the expectation, Richardson yeah, back tomorrow? You don't want him to day. miss any reps here. You just don't. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of why we think it was probably the physical or something because. Shane Sykin did say he didn't want him to miss the start of camp, wanting him to get implemented right away. And so maybe that's when they noticed it and they got it figured out. But he's supposed to be back tomorrow. He was also here, um, you know, stretching and going through all the mental reps and things like that in a good mood. So there's no reason to think that he will be out for this in the period of time. Knock on wood. All right. And what do you say about your article you got coming out? You you said you get into the weeds of this subject right yeah, here. man, I have spent two days reading through the CBA. Oh, God. All of the numbers. Ugh. Um, it was not very fun. I like playing basketball with Andrew Richardson a lot more than reading the CBA yeah. about his teammates. But, sound, um, now you're starting to sound yeah. like a nerd like Kevin Bowen right now. Tell me more. No, man. I know. KB is rubbing off on me, so I got to, you know, get that stench off you. But no, um, it's the job sometimes, man. You get to go to the games for free, but nobody remembers the parts where you got to read through the CBA. <laughs> Let me tell you this, and I think my listening audience knows this. That the last damn thing in the world I'm going to do is read through the CBA. James, you're such a better man than I. You are. I have tried, but shout out to technology. Control F, Command F will allow you to type in what you need to find because it's like, you know, hundreds of pages and I can't read them all in one sitting. So. Yep. I skipped around, you know, what is an accrued season? What is free agency? What is unrestricted free agency? What is a holdout? So, yeah, I got all the buzz terms 
you know, figure it out. Hey, Jade, before I let you go, too, we mentioned a little bit earlier, Zach Moss, broken arm today. He's out at least six weeks. Well, I mean, and obviously have other running backs in training camp right now, but do you ever foresee them going like a veteran running back type of known name avenue here? Are they just going to go with what they know at this point? No, I don't see that, that happening at all, really. I mean, they have a guy they're familiar with, Deion Jackson. They have someone else they're really high on when it comes to Evan Hall. And I think they're just going to ride this thing out. And then with Zach Moss, you know, the injury is bad, but with the timeline that is given, roughly six weeks, six weeks from today will be the Monday after their season opener. And so by then, you know, he would probably be available. You know, got to get some rental time in there, but he would be available early in the season as well. So um, at the end of the day, I think the biggest news is just JT and waiting on him. And at the end of the day, the Colts can wait a lot longer and not have nearly – as many financial implications as JT if he holds out. Hey, if not winning, at least we have the ridiculousness of the Colts last year oh. and then to start this year. If not winning, you've got that. So, Well, you know, Mike Chaps says I'm cursed, so you can blame me for <laughs> um, all the chaos. You know, he's just throwing it on my shoulder. And I told you, you know what, Chaps? It's not you sticking around for 40 years of this. It's me in year two ruining everything, so I'll take it. Hey, James, great job in here, by the way, over the course of the summer. I know you had a really good time working with Jimmy and with Eddie. You did a fantastic job, and I'm sure when uh, when uh, you, they get the opportunity, you can come back and be in here too. But we love having you on. Just uh, stay strong. Uh, get through the entirety of that CBA because somebody has to. <laughs> and if that somebody is you, it's better than me. Well done. Appreciate it, man. I'll be back on actually this Friday for the midday show. Looking oh. forward to seeing Jimmy and Eddie. And well, I'm going to be in, um, I'm going to be drunk knows? in somebody's backyard for my show. So, <laughs> so I don't know, uh, you know, how much can change between now and then, but just not going to put in the studio for me. All right, buddy. I appreciate you, James. Thank you. All right, thanks, man. You have a good one. That is James Boyd of the Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pilot. I'm sorry, I'm not reading through that CBA. How many pages, my James? James, look that up. I don't need pages in the the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement. I get my mail still, and I'll get something regarding insurance, and this is why some people around me hate my guts. I, like, read the first line, and I go, God. <laughs> Wait a minute. And I start going words, words, words. I sound exactly like Beavis and Butthead. Words, words, more words. There's zero way I can do that. Uh, JMV, I wonder what your main story would be if we didn't have this drama to occupy our minds until the season starts. Um, I, we would become nostril experts today. There's no doubt about that. If we didn't have this, we would all be nostril experts. The interworkings of the human nostril and what the septum, is it a septum cavity? into that if you're watching via youtube live i got a problem right here and you can like the, the nose is really weird it's been banged up a lot and never fixed that sounds like a very i had a great analogy loaded up but it would get me in a lot of trouble just think about this it's been very banged up but never fixed um in my life and so i got one side here if you're again we're watching via youtube live if you're on the radio i guess you're just kind of you know blank out of luck here but one side is very narrow the other side is wide thus the narrow side does not get as much airflow through it as the wider side i don't know if that's what anthony richardson has gone through but 
that's what we'll be discussing today without this Jonathan Taylor stuff. All right, James, how many pages? It's looking like 456. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. After that was then, this is now my sophomore year of high school. I did a book report on the S.C. Hinton novel, That Was Then, This Is Now. Very enjoyable. And I said to myself, this is the last book I'm ever going to read. Done. And that's way, way too much like a book. That was then. This is now. I got an A on the book report. It was awesome. Then I watched the movie too, right? That was it. Quick break. I got calls the rest of the way. Somebody's going to go see Yacht Rock Review as well at TCU Amphitheater. Give you that chance before the top of the hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Better crank it up here, James. Eddie Garrison, don't come in here and bring your bad karma for the Reds tonight, all right? All right, here's what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. He's going to play out the 1984 tour. And then Sammy Hagar is going to come in and take over for 5150. That's what's going to happen. Seriously, this entire situation, just look it up. Look it up. This entire situation mirrors the 80s Van Halen. Just look it up. Look it up. And then after, you know, you after Sammy, then that's not going to work, and you're going to bring in, what's his name, Gary Sharon, and that's really going to suck. And then, like, years further down the line, much like Frank Gore when he was getting in his older age, they'll bring back Jonathan Taylor. Oh, this is exactly like Van Halen. I don't know how you can get a better analogy than that. Uh, but I try. Hey, Brandon writes this. So are the Reds not going to make a move for pitching before the trade deadline? I would not be surprised if they didn't. All these writers and guys that covers the Reds I talked to, it kind of sounds like that it would have to trip the light fantastic in a deal for them. There's a lot that they want. And they certainly want some sort of control if they're going to give up somebody from their farm system. I um, This is so schlep-rockish of me, too. And I promised I wasn't going to be that. But it's almost like I don't want this thing i don't want them to give away something of value and see them go kind of belly up here just always in the back of my mind that they're going to hit a rough patch or something you know what i mean and that that just comes from being a reds fan it's like now you're a colts fan and you just kind of expect the the big top to come out whenever things go around here that's what you've come to know that's your second nature or some, you know, huge soap opera-like drama. And until your mind has changed on that, that's how you're going to feel. And that's how I feel about the Reds. So 
I just I haven't really seen anything out there where I go, well, you know what? That's a difference maker in these guys being a great pitching staff. And and honestly, Weaver the other night wasn't that bad. If he just didn't have to pitch to Max Muncie, that'd have been great. <laughs> Maybe you should have just walked him. I don't know. Uh, two home runs, and that was the difference to a guy that bats like a buck ninety-seven. Also has twenty-seven home runs. But yeah, Brandon, to answer your question fully, I would not be surprised in the least if they didn't do anything. Not at all. Somebody sent me this. I didn't really see it here. Uh, Media won't show this. Colts Nation, and I'll give this guy credit. It is uh, Colts 033. And I just ask what it is. And then uh, this one person that sometimes can be a bit of a pain, but that's okay. You can see him give Richardson a slap like, good job. Okay. That's Jonathan Taylor being different in training camp and being happy about something. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what the alternatives are there for him. If you want to get some cash, you're going to have to play, unless you have some incredible scheme, some incredible plan. And with the guy that's repping him, I just don't know if he would have that in his repertoire. So I'm doubting it. Anybody else doubting it? All right, 239-1070 is the number. There's Jeremiah on the horn here. Good to hear from you. Hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. How about you? I'm not too bad. So uh, hopefully everything's all right with your mom. And uh, no, I got to go down there and make sure that she's feeding the raccoons and all the wildlife comes in there. You know what I mean? And hangs out. Yeah, I got you. I got so you. So one of these days, I can wake up. I can wake up down there and walk outside to take a leak or something, and all of a sudden there's a raccoon waiting to be fed at my feet. That's always cool. So great. That is. That, I mean, that is makes sweet. me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> bring all the wildlife up there hey can we bring some snakes in here too you got yeah here's a timber rattler go ahead and can you feed that too <laughs> hey you know we have flying squirrels in indiana by the way i, I found that out yesterday anyway go too, open so. the front door and let these bats in the house would you come exactly. on let's let everything yeah. in out here all yeah. right there's yeah. a possum there's a the possum has no idea what it's doing but open the front door so it can find its way in well done yep. thank you yep <laughs> bring them all in i uh I think I uh, should have requested uh, Purple Rain or Doves Cry this weekend uh, for Colts fans because this is just kind of going downhill rapidly. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a ridiculous debate, isn't it? And it's one you wouldn't have to have. Everybody be on Jonathan Taylor if if Jim hadn't have sent that initial tweet, and so that's where we so are. My mindset is of a bit of concern for future prospects that want to, you know, uh, the Colts organization want to look at is. You know, you see this coming now. Uh, as Dan Patrick had it on. Uh, you know, Pat McAfee's mm-hmm. had it on. Uh, this is this is national now. And uh, given the fact that I'm a Cowboys fan, I see it all the time with Jerry Jones. It, it, it's kind of going to be a slap in the face for the organization if they can't do something right by the players because then no one's going to want to play here if it's a toxic environment and have to worry about the owner, you know, imploding on, you know, contract seasons for for future players well and 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 therein lies the issue here this this is all stuff right 
that we know that everybody knows, and that is the the devaluing of a a position, and not necessarily a position because you still get you know McCaffrey and Kamara. These guys get paid because they can do other things. It's like ATN said the other day. He says, you know what, dude, I'm just going to have to diversify. I mean, you can't fight the system right now. You just got to get better, you know, in other aspects of your game at that particular position. But what I'm saying is, Jeremiah, everybody knows what's going on here. Um, and then, you know, you had Jim bring it up, brought it to light, and then you had this back and forth going on now that's twisted into a soap opera where you have Colts fans that feel compelled to choose sides. And that's what you right. didn't want. That's what has happened. And if you would just, you know, compartmentalize this and, and keep it private, then you wouldn't have this going on right now. But as we've seen with the Colts, it's been nearly impossible for them to do that the past couple of years. And I think that's one of the things we look at in regards to uh, the opposite of like the Simons or Herb Simon now. He doesn't put anything out there on front street. He doesn't blast anything. You know, everything's kind of, you know, tight-lipped and as it should be and he's not out there trying to yep. make a name well, for himself and, and the Pacers organization is you know thriving from that right now Jeremiah I would also say this too and the Colts should get a tip of the cap from the Pacers uh they should um under promise and over deliver I've said that all along that's what the Pacers did last year under promised and over deliver when's the last time that the Colts did that for anybody around here exactly so, Anyway, my man, good to hear from you. And we might have something for us on Friday. That's coming up, that uh, announcement. Be I'm ready. I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be out of town. I'm not well, going to be able to make it Friday. So, Are you going to screw up the Saturday Night All Request show, too, with you being out of town? Uh, I know. I'm actually going to be making a special request from a long distance, and uh, we'll, 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 make it, we'll make it happen. Ooh, this long distance dedication from Jeremiah in Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks, brother. All right. Appreciate it, my brother. You See got you. that. Marcellus is up next, dude. I completely completely forgot about you on saturday my bad seriously my bad you know i take that crap home with me too i look at the ones i didn't play and i go you're such a crank man how did you forget that so my bad man man, it's all right man it's all good you know hey look i feel like jonathan taylor now exactly i mean god dang i just you think here i am i'm calling in every weekend Larceny bourbon double shot power and numb nut here forgot to play it. So yeah. Oh, it's all good, man. <laughs> hey, look, it's, you know, it's kind of funny you were talking just about the, the devaluing of a position. You know, I, I think about the blacksmith when he first saw the Model T rolling down the highway. He didn't realize, <laughs> you know, that that event, you know, we would still we would still need we would still need blacksmiths, but yeah. not like we used to. Yeah. Uh, the NBA where we don't need. Patrick Ewings and Alonzo Mornings and those type of guys. Oh, that guy that's making the rotary dial phone. He's going, what the hell's happening here? What's going What's on? What's my gig? You know? Yeah. And, and so now with the the NFL is also changing where it's unfortunate. I think Jonathan Taylor is also a, a victim of timing. Uh, no more Emmitt Smith type of guys out there running 15 years and uh, and all of that. And, and, and like I told you earlier, the defense is – Look, we always talk about Tyreek Hill and his four three speed guys. Those defensive guys quietly are four threes out there too, and they're bringing wood with them, and and that that deep that 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 shortens the lifespan with the impact that they're bringing on these running backs. And they're not running roughshod over these guys. These guys are fast too, and not only that, add to that the fact that you got the running quarterbacks now. 
Okay. Yeah, everybody's trying to go to those guys and, and we know he's gonna split carries between him and Jonathan, you know, and, and the owners know that. They're yeah. like he's not gonna, we don't need him to be the workhorse like he used to be with Matt with Matt Ryan and, and statues like Phillip Rivers. That we we got a guy that can run. I just I out. just think that you're going to need to rely on somebody's consistent production. And again, that's something that you've known you've had back there that you have no idea what you got right now. That would be yeah, it, that's my situation. Yeah, you know I agree. You know I think, but you know I, I was out at practice today, man. I'm seeing a lot of these young hungry these hungry uh, running backs, man. Like Evan Hall, he looked good today, man. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, I mean. We didn't know who Jonathan Taylor was until, you know, until he got here, you know, and it's like these guys. Well, hell, I didn't know who was playing for the Texans last year against their defense, and they got beat. (laughs) The Texans wanted to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, hey, you know, uh, there's always somebody else, man, and I think he's just a victim of circumstance here as well. No doubt about that. There is some circumstance there. I tell you what, I got to get to a break here, but my bad. You call on Saturday night, I'll pick you up. I got you, man. Thank you. Yeah, my bad. I, I take that home, too. I think all the way home about 1 in the morning going, man, I forgot to play that dude song. I suck. Hey, quick break. We'll come back with you. Somebody's going to go see Yacht Rock Review because you're my friend. Thank you very much. And Live Nation helps us out, too. TCU Amphitheater. That's a week from five. Check that. A week from Saturday. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, Colts and Jim Irsay. Jonathan Taylor, here's the answer. Love is the answer. In the immortal words and lyrics of England Dan and John Ford Cole, love is the answer. Uh, number nine at 239 is going to be going to see Yacht Rock Review. I don't know if that's one of the songs. I'm assuming that's in their catalog right there. Uh, as long as you don't go down to the TCU Amphitheater and jack with their equipment, all right? Just remember that. Don't jack with their equipment. It's a week from Saturday. Thank you, Live Nation. My man Kyle and the gang, fantastic as always. Appreciate that. Number nine is going to go because we love you here. Hey, uh, Butch, jump on here at 239-1070. Hello, Butch. we got to go quick here, too, my brother. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. But thank you, JMV. Because <laughs> I was going to be real calm and not have too much emotion in this. But I'll amp it up to, because of the time... The facts are the Colts need to look at facts. They need game changers. They need people that make a difference, not just guys. Jonathan Taylor, I saw a stat on ESPN yesterday that said of the top six players, running backs with three years in, he ranks number five in a combination equation of yards, yards per carry, and 50-yard runs the other five players and he was number five or the other six players the other five players he was number five there's six total are all in the hall of fame that's a fact now 
another fact is if Richardson's going to do anything this year, he needs a game changer. The only game changer on the team, he just happens to do it when running the ball 50 yards for a touchdown a number of times a year when he's healthy and when the line's working. How in the heck the, the Colts can't see the value in just giving this guy an extension right now, let him play this this year on his rookie deal, and give him a, an extension, a two- or three-year deal for either 20 or $30 million and be done with it. It's not that tough. Butch is emotional right here. Butch, I appreciate that. We'll give you more time next time, but we, we got to get ready. Right? Hey, by the way, turn it up. Here's what's needed right here. Turn it up. Jim, Chris, whatever the dude's name is that reps Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor. I thought it would be much closer to the lyric here than I, it is. My bad. Love is the answer, everybody. I tell you what, Butch is fired up right there. I like Butch. Andy's next. Andy, hello. Hey, I'm going to take the other end of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> I think Dallas got Taylor by the proverbial gonads because if he doesn't do well this year, it's not good for his. If he does well, it's good for the Colts. If he, then they can franchise tag him. And if they sign away from a franchise tag, we get two number one draft picks. So where does Ballard go wrong by sticking to his guns? Yeah. Proverbial gonads right there. You had me. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Call any time. Jay Northside. We're going to run through him here quickly. Hello, Jay. Yeah, John. I tried to call you Saturday night, but the line was busy. Son of a gun. I'm telling you what, it has been packed, Jay, on the north side. But I was wondering. Packed. I think this thing with Jonathan Taylor is a farce. If they don't get him signed, who would play Zachary Moss? Zach Moss. He broke his arm today. Who Zach Moss did? He did. He's out at least six oh, no, weeks with a broken strong. arm. He's so strong too. I, I tell you, get out there and sign his cast tomorrow. All right. Say so Jay from the north side. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Jay, sorry about the. Uh, yeah, it was packed on Saturday night. Scott, you're next. Hello, Scott. All right, I got the solution. If I'm Chris Ballard, I make uh, Ursay happy by keeping the base salary at four point three. But to make John come in. I would think that this is fair. You get a million-dollar bonus at 500 yards, million-dollar bonus at 750, million-dollar bonus at three, and you get a two-million-dollar bonus at uh, 1,500 scrimmage yards, so passing and running combined. And for every touchdown you make, you get 200,000. So that puts you at 11,300, and you do a one-year deal. That gives us a chance to look at it. It gives you a chance to cool down and see if you want to stay with it. Let me tell you this. I think Jonathan Taylor should hire Scott. Jonathan Taylor should hire Scott right there. You guys, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this today. Of course, the rest of the week, I'm sure, there's not going to be a resolution because this is how it is in Colts land around here. More to come. Derek Schultz in for me tomorrow. I got to go find out what wild animals my mom's feeding. I'll be back on Wednesday. Tavern tour stop forthcoming. And, of course, Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. Sign up at 1075thefan.com. Friday's the day. James, great job to our guest, to the winners inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you all. Talk to you Wednesday.